Hey, this is Aaron Conley. I make uh, Saber Two Swordsman, and you're listening to Eleven O'clock Comics. <laughs> Sounds a lot clearer than it usually does. It. I wonder why. I'll have to listen tomorrow and find out. You do that. I will. For example. I thought I was the only one who listened to that. <laughs> you are. <laughs> you really are. Funny, <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I listen back and I get disgusted at things like saying um and ah or you know. And then other times I listen back and things are fine. And I've, I've decided that it's correlated directly to how much I imbibe from this stuff. Oh, you, I make you sound good because the past three episodes, I have stripped a ton of songs. Why do you bother me? Because I want you to sound intelligent. Wow. Because you are, because you are intelligent. <laughs> and, no, no, and some people equate, you know, the ums and the ahs with like, this guy has no idea. You know what I mean? He's stalling. He's, so I, I strip ums and ahs and I take, um, David's pregnant pauses. I, I rip them suckers right out. <laughs> So then I sound really intense. So you're saying I don't actually sound better. It's just, it's just that you've been... No, you do. It's just that of late, you've been working a lot. You've been flying around it's and true. traveling no, and stuff. True. And I've been, I've been noticing you're, you're, you're ramping up on the ums and odds. You know but what? that's okay. It, it's, it's, that's my job, Jason. That's what I do. I'm going to be so self-conscious about my ums and odds. Yes. Now you, should that I, that's no. you should be. Oh, no. <laughs> We're not normally I, self-conscious, but now Vince has made me more self-conscious yeah. than I've ever been. Ah, <laughs> uh, my master plan is working. <laughs> it's so easy. Whew. Wow. No, we we will treat you with the the respect you deserve. Mr. Wow. Mr. Yes. Don't say that because I don't know how much respect I deserve, but you know. <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, massive amounts because this is eleven o'clock comics, and I'm Vince B. Ooh, I am happy. Yeah, are you happy? I am happy. Okay, cool. I am David A. Price. You are, and you sound so good. So good. <laughs> and of course, straight from Sesame Street, I am O'Shea Jackson. <laughs> ah, no, you're not. You're not O'Shea Jackson. You're Jason Wood, everybody. What up, what up, what up? And as you've probably heard, faithful listeners, we have a special guest in the fourth chair tonight. We teased a little bit of that on Twitter today for some of you that are, follow us there. Uh, this is his first time on the show, although that's really a travesty because I think it's fair to say I speak for my co-host when to say that he's part of the extended EOC family. He's Amen. someone that we have known uh, before the show even got started, and we have hung out with and seen and chatted with and gotten art from him for many, many years all across the con circuit. Uh, these days, he is absolutely killing it on the Image Comics launched tech jacket, mm, along Joe Keating, uh, who is the writer. And before that, you have seen him in such things as Charismagic. And you've got um, – he was Justice League Beyond 2.0. Uh, and he even worked with Stan Lee on a book, believe it or not, called <laughs> Starborn. Which we'll have to get into because that's probably a pretty interesting experience. The one, the only fellow East Coaster, Mr. Kari Randolph. What up? Hey. Oh my God. What's good? Chilling, man. I, I had to be O'Shea Jackson because I saw on your – well, I saw many places today, but I saw on your Facebook that you two were yeah. aghast at the fact that Ice Cube 
who is 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 one of my favorite MCs of all time. Yeah. Uh, he, was. He, yeah. He yeah. he appeared on Sesame Street and got turned into a, a an Ice Cube Muppet. It's um it's a sad day in hip hop. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, I my a little part of me died today when I saw that. Uh, it's just I mean so, you know it's one thing if it's like Ice T playing a cop on Law and Order I can live with that you know no problems, but uh Ice Cube. On Sesame Street, I just, I, it's no bueno. I can't do it. Now, wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait, so is, is that a serious dent to the credibility, the street cred then? Uh, well, it's, it's, I, I would think uh, as an outsider, I, I would think you, that it's. Did you see the clip? He pulled a, he pulled a Muppet, a dinosaur out of his hat. <laughs> it's, uh. But didn't he do the, like, the did, daddy daycare or something? No, yeah. that was Eddie Murphy, but he, um, but he did Are We There no, Yet? Did, uh, are We There Yet? Right, so the guy, the guy's trying to at least reach some part of the the PG audience, right? Oh, so yeah, why not? I get it. It's just it it just hurts. Yes, it does, <laughs> it does hurt. Because I mean, this is this is Mr. Fuck the Police, and yeah. now he's hanging out with Muppets. Yeah, it's it's. I, I thought Ice T was Fuck the Police. No, Ice T was Body no, Bag, no, no. Cop Killer. That was Cop Killer. That was like, right. oh, okay. And bitch tried to kill me. I love that song. Yeah. There, and there was tremendous irony as, as Kari already alluded of Ice T has made the bulk of his living for the oh, now, yeah. last decade playing a cop on TV. Yeah. Uh, I think after, he's been but, but an actor longer than he's been a rapper at this point. I, I think that's right. Well, and I think you could say the same for Ice Cube, frankly. He, yeah. He's, 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 he's made a lot more money in looking at his record sales over the last decade. Who has, movies, but. Who's made, who, who's been in the studio most recently out of Ice Cube, Ice T and LL Cool J? Ice Cube, uh, for sure. I think it's Ice Cube. He, Ice Cube puts out an album every he year or two. Okay. They, they've been terrible since like, oh, all right. I don't know, like 96. But Oh, they've been bad. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> really since West Side Connection. Yeah, pretty much since Friday came out. Okay. Been, uh, it's been kind of a wrap. Weedy Clubbin, admittedly, isn't a great song, but I I, I kind of liked that just because it was Ice Cube. But but I know that's not a high point. That one's more for like, well, that's just funny. So it's like, right. Weedy Clubbin, <laughs> like getting jiggy yeah. with. It. You knew something was wrong when that out when that song came out, though. Mm-hmm. And you'll have plenty of money for, for clubbing <laughs> when you save massive amounts of green at Discount Comic Book Service, DCBService.com, where you can get your books, get them fast, get them delivered straight to your door for a fraction of what you'll pay at the LCS. We're floating in that formless void right now of possibilities before the month's special discounts are posted, but... Rest assured, when they do finally post them, the discounts will be both plentiful and deep, right? Deep. Guarante- guaranteed deep. deep. Like impact. So uh, get a massive amount of comics for not a whole lot of money at uh, Discount Comic Book Service. That's DCBService.com. Nice. Yes, that sir. One, that one was tight. Very that nice. was tight. Like right. A, like a... I, like, I like how you did that. That's Thank nice. you. He's had... What three hundred and fifty episodes? Forty, 40. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Who has it been that long? <laughs> oh lordy! So speaking of, of of it's been that long. It's it's been a while since I heard you take a sip, Vince. So what are you drinking? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, I am drinking Deer Park sparkling lemon. Come on, oh. son. I'm sorry. It's sparkling. I, I, at least it's got bubbles. Yeah, I yeah. thought we had an agreement that you can yeah. drink tickles my t- you can drink my the taint. water and the diet Pepsi on most episodes, but when we have a guest, 
Yeah, you guys have a cocktail. I'm drinking Blue Moon, and it's delicious. How about that? That's better. Mm. Doesn't uh, sound convincing. I'm, I'm but, it's, but, you know. it's a total lie. Total lie. <laughs> David, how about you? What are you drinking? Uh, I am uh, sipping on some uh, Buffalo Trace meat. Some Buffalo Trace meat? <laughs> Jesus Christ. So we start off before we record with the BJs, and now we're talking about Buffalo meat. All right, that's cool. No, I got it. I... Buffalo Trace meat. I got gotcha. you. Uh, I am drinking, uh, and I, I mentioned this to you before we started, David, that you need to try this. Uh, mm. It's called uh, Vintner's Mark Three. And it's a Napa blend. Ooh. Uh, this is 2011, but it's, uh, it's, it's phenomenal. It's, uh, so smooth. It's, uh, definitely got a lot of, uh, very deep, deep overtones. It's got some nice cherry up in there. So you would love it, I think. Okay. So it's, again, it's a Vintner's Mark III from Napa. Okay. Mr. Randolph, how about you? Wow. Well, uh, I'm drinking, uh, red wine. Uh, called Laya. That's L-A-Y-A. And uh, the website says it's a superb bouquet of pure dark cherries, blackberry, and incense that would normally grace a wine far more expensive. The palate nice. is medium-bodied with layers of succulent black fruit. Mm. Now you're reading it off. With you're reading it off the website. Did you already throw out the box? Uh, well, hey, look, I want to stop and tell you. Because so, I don't know shit about wine. I'm just drinking. Yeah, it's all made out of grapes. Yeah, it's all it's delicious. Good same to me, but excellent, yeah. excellent. Well, welcome, man. It's only been seven years in the making. Yeah, I know, man. Every time I see you guys, I'm like, what am I? <laughs> I know. Guys, you, know? <laughs> you give and us you that, that look. Us, you, you see us quite often at a show because I, I mean, you are one of the. There are a lot of artists I think we call friends, but you are one dude who. You're always when I always see you at your table, and I always see you with your head down working on something. Always. You're one of the busiest dudes I see at a con. I I try to stay busy, man. I mean, uh, I, I'm I'm there to hustle, man. So you know, usually those those plane tickets are not cheap, so I might as well make it worth it. You know. Now your Absolutely. your your local show is New York Comic Con. Yes, that is my local show. You're a New Englander originally, right? I am a born and raised Bostonian. Uh, which uh, New Yorkers love to not let me forget. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm wearing a Red Sox hat right now just to make sure they don't forget. <laughs> Very nice. Very yeah. nice. Well, David brings up the the the, the point I, I was wanted to make too is that you know we see you. Uh, you're a handful. You're one of a handful of of creators that we see at pretty much every show, and so yeah. you go to. Uh, we see you at, at C2E2. We've seen you obviously at New York. We've, uh, we've saw you at Heroes you, this year. Saw you at Heroes this year. Uh, yeah. I'm pretty sure we've seen you at Baltimore, right? Uh, actually, no. That's like okay, the, so that's the one we haven't seen you, but, but we, you know, we're covering a good chunk of the country, at least the east side yeah. of the country at this point. Yeah. So my question is, do you, you know, I, lots of different people go to cons for different reasons. Um, part of it's networking, part of it's socializing. And obviously part of it is to supplement your income or make money. So uh, how, how do all those things factor into your con going? I mean, is it a big part of your financial plan to, to go to shows or is it sort of a mix of it's you're there really the, the, the work that you do is more just to cover your costs. So you can go and have fun and hang out with people. I mean, it's, I'd say it's all parts. Um, 
it's the the money is certainly is good, but I kind of do them really uh, to keep my sanity. You know what I'm saying? Because like when you when you work on comic books, you spend a lot of your time kind of uh, isolated from the rest of society, and so you tend to just look. It's just you and your work, and you're just like looking at it all the time, and you're like, "Oh, this sucks." This is terrible. I don't know why anyone's hired me to do this shit. Uh, and so it, honestly, like when I go to those shows, it, it helps me kind of like feel, feel better about my life. Cause I'm like, all right, someone's buying this shit. So someone must like it. Uh, and then, you know, the camaraderie of just meeting, hanging out with your peers and just like, you know, learning little tips about how they go about doing certain things and just kind of hanging out in general. Uh, the whole experience, uh, meeting the fans, of course, like seeing people who actually read this stuff and getting feedback. Cause you don't, I feel like you don't get a lot of feedback when you're just at home all the time. So, mm -hmm. uh, the conventions are really, um, important for that. Uh, I mean, the money is nice too, but the, I, I would say the, the feedback really is kind of the most important thing to me. I just want to get a feel for what people are, you know, liking or not liking about the, the stuff I'm doing. So Sure. So how many shows, again, we, we mentioned some of those that we see you at, but, but how many shows do you do a year? Uh, you kind of mentioned the bulk. Okay. Uh, the only ones you didn't mention, I did San Diego this year, um, and I did Boston uh, in, I believe that was August. Um, but that's it. I kind of, I, and even San Diego, I don't do San Diego every year. I kind of just do it on off years, kind of like, um, it's one of those shows. Sometimes I'll, I won't even set up. I'll just go just to hang out. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's kind of the only show where I'll do that just cause it's actually fun to just kind of be a fan there. You know, that's one, none, believe it or not, the, none of us have ever been to San Diego Comic-Con. Right. So that's yeah. kind it's of amazing. Uh, I mean, that's, yeah. that's show. I feel like you got to do at least once. You know, that's um, here. I don't I don't think it's as necessary as it used to be just because uh, shows like New York and Chicago have kind of made up uh, in, like uh, in, in big ways. Um, but San Diego is still pretty insane. Yeah, I mean, I think, to be honest, the thing is we've gotten spoiled. We we used to go to cons just as, as fans and then we started the show. Uh, and got enough notoriety where we're, we're fortunate enough to get treated pretty well at these shows, you know, get right. to go for free and right. get comped and, and, and get access. And San Diego is such an OG show that, that it's difficult, if not impossible for us to get that kind of treatment at this point. So we'd have mm -hmm. to go as fans. And the idea of going to a 150,000 person show across the country just as fans seems fairly daunting. Yeah. <laughs> when we're used to being able to come and go whenever we want. On this side, I mean, the only, like, I worked San Diego. I was just going to go and hang out again. Um, but the last second, a good friend of mine uh, just gave me a table. So that was the only reason I set up this year. Um, I normally wouldn't even do that because I frankly don't like working that show because it's, it's almost like it's too much work, really. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just such a monster at this point that it's not that much fun to work a show for like four or five days. Well, that's how New York is too, right? I mean, you, 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 you're on the hustle now these days for four days straight. It was, they, was yeah. this the first year that Thursday was an all day thing or was that last year? I forget. Uh, I think so. 
I think so. Okay. Yeah. Do you, I I I showed up this year thinking I could just drop my stuff off and then kind of just walk around. And literally, as soon as we put our bags down, like we were kind of, there was an onslaught of people who were asking for stuff. Uh, and that's the first year that's happened. So mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, damn, this, this show has changed. This is, this is, this is serious business now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, uh, like David said, you're always on the grind. You have done, uh, I think you're tied for the artist with the most, uh, contributions to my jam pieces. So, oh, man. Um, well, who, who yeah. am I tied with? I think you're tied with Mateo Scalera. All right, I gotta take him out. Let's go. <laughs> so, so yeah, so good, good company, good company. Nice, nice. nice. that dude's pretty uh, talented. So that's good company to be in. <laughs> we, you, yeah. you alluded to how it's a, it's a, an insular career sometimes when you're sitting at the drawing table. Yeah. Um And you made it. You, how you? It sounds like you have that the, the same self-loathing and doubt that that characterizes many an artist in this business. So, yeah. um, yeah. you, you, I mean, and Vince is an artist as well. So he, I think he can, uh, he can identify with that, but, but why do you, why do you guys, and this is to you too, Vince, because why do you guys, what is it about artists that, that make you possess that, that type of doubt? And do you think it's more common in comic artistry? And I ask this because, um, as, as, as David and Vince know, uh, my dad, my father's an artist. He makes his living as an artist and he, He's very confident in his work. So what do you think it is? Um, I, I, I feel like it's, well, I think it's a couple different things. I feel like art tends to be very personal. You know what I'm saying? Like it's, um, like it's, it's very personal. So, uh, you're putting a lot of yourself into the to work. Um, and with that, it just, it's, you want it to be your best because it stands for you. It, it's a representation of you. And so you're always thinking about, oh my God, this is going to be seen by like thousands of people. I can't mess this up, you know? Mm-hmm. At the, and at the same time, I always feel like part of what makes a good artist is somebody who uh, is very critical of their own work. You should always be wanting to get better. Uh, if you didn't, want to get better i feel like you would stagnate and kind of uh grow stale as an artist so i'm i'm perfectly fine with like the whole self-loathing thing because it means that i'm always going to be pushing myself to do better and better work mm-hmm. right right yeah i have to agree with the uh intensely personal aspect of it you as an artist Whenever you, uh, create something, that's a slice of yourself. Yeah. That's a, a distillation of who you are in marks and color and line. And it, it's just a, another iteration of who you, the, the being that you, 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 you've grown into. So for, to have someone scrutinize that and everybody does. Yeah. You know, from, from the, the passers by to the real fans, they, the, they, they look at this work and they're like, oh, they, you know, they judge immediately. Yeah. You're being, you're being judged with every piece you create. So it's somewhat daunting. You got to build up a pretty thick skin. Yeah. In, in order to, to produce work in, in any medium, a creative work in any medium. So it, it's tough, but you know, it, there's no sob story involved. It's a great, great, uh, thing to do no. just to cre- create something from nothing to please people yeah what you know what better profession and and on top of that it's um i mean i i try to keep myself in check because i'm just like i think about you know, the fact i've had some really shitty jobs in the past like before i was an artist <laughs> i've done like 
awful job. I just oh, break it. it down. Come on, this is this is <laughs> a this is a this is a sitting around with your boys chatting show. So come on, give us an example. I mean, you know, of course, I've done the things like I've done retail, uh-huh. I've done uh, food like uh, fast food and stuff like that. I also, Vin- I mean, <laughs> Vince so- managed a Burger King for what a decade, Vince. Yeah, almost, no, more than a decade. Hey, yeah. Okay. Holy shit. Uh, <laughs> he loved it. He loved it. Did he? Did you? Got a lot of, got a lot of ass, brother. Is that- a lot of ass. <laughs> got a lot of ass for them french fries. You betcha. Okay. You say so. <laughs> uh, I think, I think the worst job I had was probably, um, I was in telemarketing for, for a summer. Oh. Um, and like, if you want to talk about like self-loathing, like, you, you're basically the scum of the earth. Like when you have to call people mm-hmm. and ask them for money. That is like, a bad job. My mother yeah. had that job, uh, for a couple of years and, and yeah. that is a, a loathsome job. It's, yeah. It sucks the soul out of you, man. Mm-hmm. Like I, I would have to work from like, uh, six to like 10 PM, which is like the prime time from when people come home, they want to be with their families, eat dinner. And you know, I'm just calling them up and I'm like, Hey guys, uh, you want to give me money for whatever the causes of the day, and you would get cussed out like three or four times a day easily, like over in a year. Like you know, I'm just doing my job, man. Like there was one time I had to call on the Fourth of July, and it was for an abortion drive. And you oh, want to jeez, want to talk oh, about no. like the, what could be worse? Yeah, the worst names you could ever be called. Oh uh, no. I hope and you didn't I, call my my in-laws. <laughs> they would not have been happy. <laughs> it was awful. Like, I was called a monster, a baby killer. I'm just oh, like, I, I'm not even... This job. This is my <laughs> job, man. I'm just, I'm making like $8 an hour. Okay, I, so, all right. Yeah, well, that was what I was in. Since it was the 4th of July, so it was a holiday. Did you get time and a half at least? Uh, Probably. But okay. still, I don't think it was worth it. Even no, that. probably it not. worth the 12 an hour. No, yeah. no. I still quit like a week later because that was... <laughs> right. <laughs> So you oh. went to art school, so yeah. it, fair to say you've always been interested in a career in 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 art and illustration, and it just took some time to to get into that, or, or did it? I don't know if there was a, a time of your life when you're doing these other jobs where you didn't know you wanted to be an illustrator, and then you jumped into it, or was this always a goal? I think I knew I wanted to be an illustrator at some point uh, halfway through high school. Um, mm-hmm. Up until that point, I actually. Like, I, I always liked art, but I was always told that uh, you would be a starving artist, and that sounded awful to me. So I was <laughs> like, well, let me let me look into other things and um, see if I can find something that I can fit the art into and make it work. And eventually, after looking at a couple colleges and talking to some teachers, they were just like, yo, you, you've, you've got a gift for this. You clearly... You got something going here. So just go to art school, uh, go to New York. It'll be good for you and you'll, you'll find a way to make it work. And so that was kind of what I did. I just was, uh, uh another friend of mine who I'd met, um, was like, I, I want to go to art school as well. So we kind of teamed up and decided we would hit New York together. And that way we were like, at least we'll have each other as backup. So New York won't like, you know, kill us or whatever. <laughs> Was that somebody that we know? Is that a, a um he's he's not in comics okay. right now. Uh my friend Wes, uh he's actually he, he's these days he is a graphic designer. He does like flash uh web stuff, like mm-hmm. game apps. He worked for Nickelodeon for a couple of years. Um 
we both kind of had the the comic book dream, but uh, comics is tough, man, and uh, it, it doesn't work out for everybody. I mean, I think I was just the stubborn one who was just like, man, I don't care if I'm going to be poor and broke for a couple years. I'll, I'm going to make this work. And I think yeah. he was a smarter one who was just like, well, I want to pay off these college loans. So I'm gonna get a real job. Uh, uh, so he still does art, just, just a slightly different medium. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Let, let's go deep into the art while we're on yeah. the subject, sure. because um, I will admit you've been on my radar for quite some time. Right. Any anybody that does Spawn automatically makes my list. <laughs> I, I, I keep an eye on them, and you, you did that Adventures of Spawn back in what was that? Yeah. 2007, yeah, I think. That sounds about right. And. Uh, it was amazing to me that, I mean, I love the series. Todd made a line of action figures based on your designs, correct? Uh, yes. Well, yes and no. Uh, I know that I think Capullo, uh, did some of the original designs for those, which I mm-hmm. used, uh, as a basis. And then I kind of put my spin on them. Right. But you, I mean, your stuff is still immortalized in plastic. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Man. Yeah. And that's the thing that strikes me about um, all your work, especially Tech Jacket. You have an amazing design sense, like that that alien cancer dude with the mm-hmm. um, the six eyes with the the Gildaran armor yeah. that that uh, Zach meets up in inside the 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 uh, big ship. Yeah, yeah. That design of that guy is amazing. So I did I did my homework, and one thing I did not know about you is that you are working on those uh, the chaotic card game. Yeah, I pretty much designed that show. That's amazing to me because I mean I'm a I'm a huge uh, collectible card game nut yeah. and I've been, I've been keeping an eye on those cards and and the show and I, I love the design I'm thinking man these are sharp but you know and then reality hits me in the face and says you get into this game you're gonna spend because wh- I play Magic yeah oh, and that's okay. a ton of money right there so to, for me to get involved in another card game is just like ridiculous but I do appreciate those designs I think they're amazing dude you got like killer design sense uh, thank you I mean uh, I guess uh, when I'm doing stuff I'm usually thinking about uh, basically I want everything I make to be turned into some cool toy so I'm like what would make a cool toy uh, and, and that's usually what's in the back of my mind, even with like, especially with tech jacket, every time I design something, I'm like, all right, let's just say, you know, the skybound people make this into a, a show or a cartoon or whatever. I'm like, I want these action figures. So mm-hmm. that's usually what's in the back of my mind when I'm designing that stuff. Yeah. I mean, they're clean, they're dynamic, they're, they're you know, complex, but not too complex to the point where you couldn't reimagine it in plastic. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I usually kick myself because at least with that guy, I did design him too complex. And then once I started drawing him, I was just like, fuck, man, I gotta <laughs> draw this guy for like another two issues. I don't want to do this shit. But, so what's it like working, f- um, f- for the uh, Four Kids company, like how does that process work? Um, four Kids was one of those things. It just, um, it kind of just happened because I, I mean, I started working for them years ago when uh, uh, they started working on the 2003 Ninja Turtles. Um, and a friend of mine was a graphic designer there, and he knew I had, uh, I had a history in licensing artwork. And he said. You know, would you be willing to do licensing, licensing artwork for Ninja Turtles? So basically for the entire run of that show, 
a lot of the licensing artwork, like the packaging, um, like anything for lunch boxes, t-shirts, DVD covers was me. Um, that was a lot of my stuff. And, uh, Maybe halfway through that run, uh, the people over there, they contacted me about Chaotic and they said it was a brand new property that they owned outright and they wanted to turn into something. And they basically were just like, well, you know, you have, you have a history in animation and in, uh, comic books. We want some illustrator e kind of stuff. Uh, can you hook us up? And I was just like, yeah, that's no problem. Let's make it happen. Um, so I worked on that for a couple of years, um, taking a break for about a year to work on the Wolverine and the X-Men uh, cartoon that came out in, I don't even know, 06, 07, something like that. Okay. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's uh, that's how I get a lot of my jobs is just through word of mouth and, you know, not completely screwing up jobs. So people will talk and they're just like, yeah, the guy's. That guy's pretty good. Uh, let's give him a job, you know. Um, that's pretty much it. That's been my entire career, basically. Yeah, but the design is crazy good. And, I mean, and the rendering, too, but it's... Uh, you could draw like a mother, but if it, if the design's not there, it's not going to work. And I think your stuff is really sparkly good. Oh, thank you, man. That, yeah, I love it. Thank you very much. I have to say timing is everything. When I asked Kari to draw something at Heroes, he gave me serious shit because I asked him to draw... Vince asked him to draw the, uh, the space version of Iron Man from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. And he was like, oh, I get it. The guy's drawing a tech jacket. I get it. You gotta, yeah. have, you gotta draw the robot guy, right? So I said, all right, no, no, you can draw anything you want. So he's like, all right, I'm gonna draw Mystique instead. So it sounds good. Build yeah, <laughs> it. Cause you know how many times I've, cause the thing with tech jacket, you know, whenever I talk about it, people are like, oh, so it's like, it's like Guyver or it's like Green Lantern or it's like Iron Man. I'm like, yeah, 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 I get it. It's, you know, but it's like all that shit, but it's different. Trust me, it's different. You know, so it's like until you read the book, uh, I can see how people can look at it from a distance and think that it's derivative of other stuff. But once you get into what it's really about, it's it's totally different, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and at this point in our development, what isn't derivative yeah. oh, for to sure, some for to sure. some extent? Yeah. yeah. So I mean with Tech Jacket, it's one of the things I found interesting about the series um is that it doesn't uh it, it doesn't assume uh, or rather, it doesn't take the path of regurgitating the entire history of Tech Jacket at the start yeah. of the series. It, it 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 gives you inklings and and shows you some time when he was a child, but right. it, it it doesn't take the first or second issue and, and and essentially recap all the other things we've seen of Tech Jacket throughout the image publishing history. It just introduces you to the, the current situation and and takes you in. And I think that's a very smart decision because yeah, it it. Um... it I was gonna say it's it just starts running. I mean that's kind of the tone of the book is it just it's just a fast paced book and so it doesn't take a lot of it doesn't slow down a lot period. Um, so we just wanted to just get into it already because neither neither me nor Joe is really big on you know slow exposition. Let's just let's get to the point already. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of people are already familiar with the character from Invincible. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, he was in, he was in the Viltrumite War. Yes. So, yeah. And so, what's, what's it like working with Joe? Joe's had an interesting career. He started off on the business side of the image and then 
transition to to the writer's side. So is he uh is he is he a, a full script guy? Does he does is the process changing as you're working together more issue to issue? Is it is it a fairly collaborative process? Uh it's well it's Joe is uh Joe's a full script guy. Um oh. uh I, I think it works though because um well one me and him are roughly the same age, so we have a lot of the same kind of influences as far as uh, cartoons and comic books and the stuff we were into. Like, we both came up on, like, 90s comic books. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just... So we, we're we on the same page already as far as where we want to go with the book. Um, and, I mean, as far as collaboration, he he's definitely the writer and I'm the artist, but, like, I kind of... they Both him and Robert and... And the guys at Skybound kind of let me go crazy with these pages. Like, I haven't had anyone say no to anything I've done yet, which is like pretty nuts. Cause sometimes I, sometimes I'm drawing this stuff and I'm like, are they really going to let me get away with this? Like, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm shocked at how much freedom I have. Um, so once, once the script is out of Joe's hands, it's kind of on me to interpret it, um, however I please. And, uh, and no one's had any issues with it yet, so I'm, I'm kind of thankful for that. That's great. That's great. What are the plans for the book? Is it uh, is it uh, one arc and then a couple months off, or is it going to be continuous? I mean, do you need time in between arcs to just catch up or, uh, or stretch well, your legs or what? That's that's a good question. Because uh, <laughs> I I started the book uh, very far ahead. Um, I've I've actually been working on the book for over a year. Now, um, uh, so we, we've been like, nothing's shipped late yet. It's been very, everything's been on time, but at the same time, I haven't quite like the book's been out on that, on a four week basis, like, you know, monthly. Right. And I've been drawing the book, like, let's say every six weeks. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I would, at some point there's going to be a time when I think we'll have to figure out, um, uh, there's going to need we're getting to break or what? I'm not sure what's going to happen just yet, but, uh, it's ongoing. So right, as right. far as I know, the book, like I'm, I'm in it for the long haul. So as long as people keep buying it, uh, the book's going to keep coming out. I had a lot of fun with it. I read up to what, issue four, mm-hmm. four yeah. right? It is the most, most recent. And it, it's a big book. The, 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 the action is large and in yep. your face. And, and, uh, you know, you can feel it the way, the way you, you push, the energy across the pan. If somebody's getting slammed, you actually can feel it with the, the, you don't resort to speed lines, which is good. I love that. You, you, you use the body language yeah. and the, you know, the result of the, the one character smacking another to bring it home. It's, it's just an action packed, enjoyable read. It's, I can, I can jump into tech jacket and just sit back and let it wash all over me. It, it's just a fun, fun read. I don't have to, you know, do too much. Uh, heavy, heavy lifting, lifting, which is, which is, which is good. But you got a mystery go- and a going on in the background too. Well, with, that's, I mean, it, with you, um, this is my first experience with, with the character with, because I'm not, you guys know I'm not, I'm not the biggest Kirkman fan. And, and, uh, and it is, it is because of Mr. Randolph that I, I am reading the, the current volume. So it's, um, it, you know, Knowing nothing about the character, nothing about the Guardians of the Globe or, or, uh, or previous versions, whether it's the first volume or the digital, um, I, I'm not lost. It, you, you get caught up pretty well. Um, 
it's it's easy to follow as as kinetic or as fast paced as it might be, and and as large as as some of the the um the panels might be because they, and and they deserve it. It's not like you're you're not doing a full page flash just because oh I might be able to sell this on the OA market and and it's everything as as I'm flipping through the book everything serves a purpose and 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 uh, it's it's uh, it, as Vince is saying about the mystery. I mean I. As as cool as it is to see Tech Jacket in action, I really am. Um, there are times where I'm more interested in, in knowing about Zach's dad and, and Zach's mom and and why. Um, you know, I, we I think I have an idea as, as to what Nicholas is up to, but uh, seeing it play out and uh, the mystery in that regard and and the 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 emotions he's messing with and and the strings he's trying to pull and uh, it, it's. I, I like where it's going, but it is, and, and I'm glad I'm trying it out because, like I said, if it wasn't for you, it probably would be a book that I that I wouldn't be uh, looking for. I mean, that, the the Earth stuff, like the stuff with his parents, is honestly some of my favorite stuff in the book because I feel like it. Uh, everything else is so high fantasy, like it's so high science fiction. It's just big concepts and and stuff, and so the Earth stuff kind of grounds him. Like at the end of the day. It's like, you know, you might be a superhero, but your moms can still ground you, you know? Right. Like, you can, there's still, there's certain elements, <laughs> like his dad's kind of a buffoon, but like, he still <laughs> always has his back. Uh, it's just, it's certain touches like that, that like, I feel like ground the character and, and make him kind of alive, you know? Yeah. Dad's pretty quick with the self-loathing. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I want to know why. I want to know what's going on with this guy that he just constantly beats himself up over. Right, why can't he hold Probably a job? Probably feels he, right. he lets his son down all the time. Yeah. Can't, I mean, can't do the telescope. Can't, he's not in the suit. He's doing what he can from on the sidelines. He's, he's, he's helping his son out, which is great, but he's got to do the unemployment thing and, and, right. you know, he's gonna, he's gonna eat himself into feeling better because don't want the cake to go bad. It's just, it's, I, I think of, <laughs> of a lot of comic book characters. Yes. Yeah, Zach's dad is someone I, I think I can relate to. Yeah. But that kind of character can easily transition over to villain. Yes. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I mean, I like him because it, it reminds me of, the relationship between like Homer Simpson and Lisa, you know, like, <laughs> like, you know how like Lisa is smarter than Homer is in a lot of ways and he knows it. Oh, sure. Yeah. And like he wants to, you know, he wants to make her proud, but at the same time he knows like, yo, my child is definitely more intelligent than I am. I might be a good dad, but he feels like a failure all the time. Right. I, I feel like it's a similar dynamic and I feel like that's what's fun about it, you know? Yeah. It's a very sympathetic character. Yeah. Many times I want to grab cake, you know, with, with the kids. <laughs> Who doesn't? Well, I'll tell you what, the, the, the lack of employment and the overeating has not stopped him from pulling some serious MILF trim. Cause I knew you were going to say yeah. that. I knew it. Yeah, she's hot. <laughs> she, doesn't, she doesn't seem to put she up with his hot. shit, though. She, I don't think she's no, she's, school, she's, but. she's the, uh, she's the ground one. She's the, she's the balls of the family. You know, yeah. she puts her foot down and keeps everyone else in check. Right. So what, uh, what if any role does, does Kirkman have in this bit being his stuff? I mean, does he let you guys just do your do or does he help frame the, the, the longer conceptual story or is it, is it just totally your and Joe's ball? Uh, he, he basically just busts my balls when I'm late on deadlines. That's, <laughs> that's about it right now. Uh, I mean, he, he had a, I know Kirkman had a part in like the original, like, 
in the overarching story, he had an idea. And he said, and he gave it to Joe and said, this is kind of what I, I would like for this to go. And Joe kind of ran with it and has been doing his thing ever since. Um, so Kirkman checks up on us, but he really, at the same time, like, he gives us the freedom to, to do our thing. Um, he's very hands off, which I, I appreciate about him because he, he has the faith, like, I've known him for a long time and he knows what I do. He knows what Joe does and he knows we're not going to completely screw it up. So, uh, in that sense, I, I, I really appreciate, you know, just giving the opportunity to even work on the book. Mm-hmm. So when, when, when we were at New York, we were hanging out with, with a good buddy of ours and another artist that was set up at Artist Alley. And I'm not going to say his name right now because we didn't clear with him ahead of time that the story is, is, is open for the public. <laughs> uh, but, but, but he, we were chatting over dinner and drinks about with, with a number of artists that we were ha- hanging out with about the artist alley grind and, and some of the crazy things that can happen, especially with guys like yourself that do shows fairly frequently. And you probably have some regulars that give you business repeatedly. Oh. And our buddy <laughs> told us a story about mm-hmm. a certain person, a patron of his mm-hmm. that has for years and years, every time he's seen him at a show, gotten him to draw a mermaid of various, of various <laughs> types. And it's, 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 he's done so many of these pieces now uh-huh. that he's at the point where he is now doing holiday holidays, pieces, yes. where literally he's doing things like Arbor Day. Yeah. And wow. he, he, sh- and, and he's showing us these on his phone, the gallery. He's done, David, what would you say? It's, it's gotta be, 50, 60 pieces done for the guys. Easy. Easy, yeah. right? Yeah. So, so my question for you is, as someone who is always on the grind and has done a, a boatload of Artist Alley, uh, uh, sessions over your years, mm-hmm. to whatever extent you're comfortable, give us some thoughts on the, the, the craziest stuff you either have done or, or asked to do and or anything that was so batshit insane that you, you just, politely said listen man i can't do that oh there's plenty of that i mean (laughs) i i mean i i have a reputation for like or at least i did for a long time uh where i I was drawing a lot of like you know like attractive curvaceous women sure um which is you know which is a fun thing to draw but at the same time it brings a certain crowd that (laughs) uh like it schemes you out a little bit, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> at some point, like, you have no problem, I have no problem drawing attractive women, but when people start saying things like, oh, well, can you draw Wonder Woman, but can she be, like, having sex with Superman and this and that? And that's kind of when I draw the line, because I'm like, I'm not trying to draw, like, spank art, you know what I'm saying? Right, like, right. I don't want to see that way, like, I, don't do that. You have a fab, a fab free portfolio. That's yeah, it. Yeah. Please, no. So like, I, nope. I, I'll do certs. Like, I, actually, I don't even do nudity anymore. I don't think, uh, I don't want that heat, man, because it's like, there's certain, there's certain holes you can go down. Like, once you go down that hole, all of a sudden you get a different crowd of people. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, well, no especially in today's day and age yeah. where people put stuff up on the internet and Tumblr it's, and yeah, comic guard fans and all of a sudden you're, you're known as a guy either. that's doing, right. 
I don't need my mom Googling my name and all of a sudden there's just a yeah. giant like Superman penis in front of the woman. <laughs> like, oh, I would love for my mom to see that. Yeah. That'd be great. It would be, Vin, <laughs> see, uh, Gary, Vince would gladly do the most depraved things that people have. Oh yeah. He would, in fact, <laughs> you, he would only take, he would only set up an Rosalie if he could do depraved things. You <laughs> bet. So but you so, my, is, there, is there anything that, uh, stands in your mind where it was just, I'm not necessarily sexual where, yeah, uh, it just was out there, and you thought, "Well, okay." I mean, I don't know why you want this, but I'll do it. You know, I mean, is there anything? Yeah, there was. All right, there was one. There was one dude at um at New York. I mean, at San Diego, and I I hope he's not listening, but fuck it, because <laughs> he did ask me to draw a mermaid. Um, <laughs> oh shit! If it's the same guy, but <sighs> but it, what he asked for was so specific. He was like, "I wanted a mermaid," but he's like. I want it to be in an anime style and I want her to be wearing like a business suit uh. and uh like I want fishnets on her and I was like fishnets but I'm like she's a mermaid like why would she have I mean I didn't even I didn't even question the whole business suit on a mermaid but like I was like the fishnets is what got me because I was like why would she need fishnets he's like I just want fishnets on it basically but I also want her to be caught in an actual net and reaching for like an amulet, like he was really art directing this piece. Has well, to be the same guy. Has to be. Yeah, I was just like, what? Like, what do you, what, are you, what are you gonna do with this? Like, so did you do it? Yeah, I did it. So yeah. the question is now because I've had you draw stuff for me as we've talked about, and sometimes yeah. you're you're good, other times you'll you'll look at reference, but there's no reference for that, that right? So does it take uh, a lot longer to do something like that? Um. It took longer in the sense that I didn't really want to draw it, but <laughs> at the same time, I was like, well, sometimes you have to cut, uh, you have to just think about it like, well, I get a million Batmans and, uh, you know, Supermans and stuff. So at least this is different. So you kind of try to find one thing about it that's cool and somehow make it work. I'm not really sure if I did that, but at the end of it, a lot of people were like, that's the best commission you drew all weekend. So <laughs> I don't know if that's a compliment or it's it's uh, an insult, but I, I would take it, you know? Yeah. Logistically, it must have been tough because you have like double fishnets. You have fishnets on the right, mermaid right. and then she's stuck in the net. Yeah. And it's just, wow. I mean, like, oh, playing on words with the fishnets, I'm thinking, you know, somebody could get a little creative with that, but... Yeah. Yeah. What is, um, what's your schedule like? I mean, I, I've seen you online on Facebook. I know there was a time where, um, uh, I was, I don't want to say caught, but there was a conversation on Twitter between, uh, I mentioned something about Ja Rule. Kevin Mellon got involved. I think you joined in. So I, I know that you're, you're not as, I think, prolific as, as some of the other artists I see on social media, but, um, do you have, I mean, do you wake up in the morning, I'm going to work a few hours on Tech Jacket, check some emails, go online. I, I just, I'm curious to know, in this uh, day and age, I know we see a lot of creators, I know we used to see a lot of creators playing Xbox and Halo, and I, I'm curious on that part of it. Um, I mean, I'm not going to say I don't play Xbox and Halo. <laughs> okay. I do, but I I try my best to, to limit that stuff. Um because that stuff will really kill your deadlines. Sure. Um, 
That said, yeah, I have been playing a lot of Destiny on PS4, so I, I need to cut that out a little bit. Um, but I mean, generally, what I'll do is when I get up in the morning, the first thing I'll do is check emails, respond to those, get on Facebook, get on Twitter. I'll, I'll try to get the most important things I need to put out there done in the first couple hours of the day. And then I will then try to focus on just the art. Um, and usually what I'll do is, uh, for every hour I work, I'll take a 10 minute break just to kind of like, you know, either stretch my legs or just like, uh, step away from the page a little bit just to see if what I'm drawing is any good or not. Um, and usually in those 10 minutes is when I'll go online and then, uh, go on Twitter. And if anyone follows me on Twitter, you know, I'm basically bullshitting 99% of the time. Like the things I say are pretty ridiculous just because I want to see if anyone will actually respond to this stuff. <laughs> uh, so that's usually uh, my system. Uh, so like maybe an hour drawing, then 10 minutes of social media, then an hour of drawing, then back and forth like that. Um, that's kind of how I maintain my uh, my my bond with uh, the public and not go insane and not have to talk to my cat the entire time. All right, yeah. Do you... Um... When you're the well, tech jacket, for example, do you just do you do the whole issue pencils then go innings or how tight are your pencils? Do you just kind of do breakdowns and then do it all in inks or is how much of it is digital? Uh, a lot of it actually. Um, well, one because I don't use any inks at all. Um, okay. it is all just pencils and then uh cleaned up and darkened in Photoshop. So. A lot of what I do now is digital, and there there are certain pages. I mean, people probably can't tell, but there are certain pages where, like, I had to draw a page today that was just like a drawing of the earth, and I was just like, I don't feel like drawing that in pencil, <laughs> so I just drew it in Photoshop outright. Um, so there are certain pages that don't see any original art at all anymore, um, and it's kind of getting more and more the more comfortable I get with the digital stuff. I mean. I still want to have some original pages out just for the fans that they want to buy stuff. But more and more, uh, my process is becoming uh, digital just because it's easier and it's faster. Yeah, one of the things I notice about uh, the really uh, prolific, successful artists like Scotty Young and yourself, you maintain that work ethic. I mean, at all costs. Yeah. Like you have a set schedule and you do not deviate. I, I, I'm seriously impressed by that. Well, Be let, let me let me stop you because yeah. I'm listen. Scotty's one of those guys. He's a he's a he's a machine. You know, like mm -hmm. he can just crank out stuff nonstop. Uh, I respect his hustle. I'm not there yet. Uh, I still do my fair share of uh, bullshitting. Uh, <laughs> And any any one of my editors will will corroborate that story. Um, <laughs> the work gets done. Let's put it that way. But I uh, I wouldn't. I don't want to take credit and say I'm the most disciplined dude in the world because I'm not. Uh, but it gets well. Let's just say fairly disciplined. Fair. And, and I, I admire that. Fairly disciplined. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, your your art on uh, that you sell through through Palo at Cadence is is is. Um, is it, it, it's, it looks like it's pencils, right? Isn't it? Or is it, it is, inks? Yeah, it's, yeah, it, it is, is pencils. It's all, all pencils. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, it's so super tight pencils. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, every once in a while, if I'm looking for like a certain effect, like if I want 
something to look a little grungier or dirtier, I, I might ink it. Uh, but I'd say like 95% of my work these days is just pencil. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I, th- I think yeah, I get that clean line style from the stuff I did in animation, honestly. Uh, they kind of instill that in you knowing how to clean up your, your artwork. So another thing I got to give you love for is your blog, that uh, corrupt blog that you have. Uh huh. Where you not only put your own stuff up there, but you spread the love around too. You you'll put images that that kind of inspire and right. and uh, you know worm their way in, into your work, and that that's a great thing just to share the love. I was there the other day and I saw that um, the samurai Hellboy, right? And that yeah, yeah. oh my, that piece is gorgeous. Uh, Stephen Green did that. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, it is amazing, amazing. So you're, you're. I, I like that you're very willing to to feature other artists on your blog too. That's great. Yeah, I mean, some people think uh, that's pretty stupid on my part because yeah. I sh- I should be bigging myself up more. But at this, I kind of look at the blog like a like a depository for cool shit that I want to inspire me. Uh, so like, I it's it's like. Obviously, I, I like I like it when other people are into it, but I'm like, whenever I need some inspiration, I can go to my own blog and be like, oh yeah, there's that roller right. piece that I wanted to try that effect one of these days with the cross hatching or whatever he's doing, or like you know, like Bill Sinkevitz mm. does some crazy stuff. And I'm like, I think I today out. you had uh, it may have been today because I was going through my Tumblr dashboard today, so I scrolled through quite a bit. But you, I think you had McGinnis on for yeah, quite a bit. Yeah. Of it. So I, yeah, I, I, I view Tumblr as just a place for me to kind of like also store bookmarks, some yeah, places I just want to get back to later. Yeah, yeah. Brandon Graham does does that a lot too. He uh, he's uh, has an email list and he just floods it with uh, other people's work. This is yes. what I'm jonesing on today. Yeah. I, I love that a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, so, and on a business level, it's it's actually worked out well because uh, I've gotten a lot of uh, followers based off of other people's artwork. So every once in a while, I'll stick my own stuff in and I'll get like a bunch of hits just because I'm like, well, they're looking for other other stuff anyway, so I might as well show up my stuff as well. You know, so yeah. it's worked out well. Smart like a fox. Yeah, <laughs> do what I can. When do you? I mean, since you do, you are buddies with a lot of other artists, and and you, you talk about the need for going to cons and the like, and as a way to to decompress and to collaborate and to get some feedback. How often do you all critique one another, and in what vein do you do it in? Is it on some messaging app is it just when you guys are hanging out at a bar uh how much of that do you do i mean do you do you do port- effectively portfolio reviews for each other at this point or is it mostly just positive reinforcement which is great but but again to your point earlier it's not maybe it's not as ideal to just get just non-stop right. positive reinforcement because it doesn't right. help you get better uh i would say that at the conventions at least there's not too much of that um mm. we're not really i mean a lot of times at the conventions, when I'm hanging out with other artists, we're not even talking about art. We're kind of just like, like, you, you know, when you're at a show, like once that show ends at like seven o'clock, the last thing you want to talk about is comic books and artwork. So you may not even be talking about comics at all. Uh, you might just be talking about life or other stuff. Um, but. Uh, I do share a studio with, with, uh, five other artists here in New York. 
and I go in there a couple times a week. And that's kind of when, you know, like everyone's working all the time. We're all kind of like jamming on our different projects. And there'll be certainly times when like, uh, like Riley Brown sits right next to me and I'll be like, yo, look at this page. What do you think about this? Or he'll be like, what do you think about this pose? Does this work or not? Um, and so we, we will do that, uh, in the studio where we'll kind of like bounce stuff off of each other. And he'll be like, yeah, you know, that hand you drew doesn't look that great. You might want to look in that. And it, and it, it works. Like there's no, there's no egos about it at all. It's like, cause we know we're both trying to help each other out. So, um, I, I, I know he's one of the few people who will like tell me if something I'm working on sucks. <laughs> like he'll, he'll straight up be like, yeah, that, that doesn't look so good. You need to fix that. Um, and I like to think I'm, I'm kind of the same way. So. Me and him bounce each other off each other a lot in that aspect. That makes sense. And and I mean, when you're at cons, instead of talking about uh, art, you got to go talk about where you're gonna eat, like Mertz. We saw your yeah. Mertz. Uh, that yeah. was legit. <laughs> David, how good was that? that Dude, was it was off the chain. Oof. It's that's why that's re- literally why uh, Heroes is my favorite show. I mean, as much as I like the people, I really like that uh, soul food. Um, oh, so good, man! It was, it was, and and it's crazy because it's. I mean, it's over the course of the weekend. It is a restaurant that everybody needs to go to at least once during the weekend. Mm-hmm. But it's it's it's. I mean, New York City. You go to New York Comic Con, and after you know the after parties or wherever. I mean, it, you could scatter whether you're going yeah. all the way up to Times Square or right, going out. Right. It, so, but because. Charlotte is is I, I guess kind of like a, a banker's town. Like aside from that Starbucks right, Jason and I went yeah. to in the morning, there's nothing going on there in the weekends. It's and that one strip, you know where all the restaurants are. They're right. all the on within a five block radius. So even if even if after the con, when the con breaks up on a Friday night or a Saturday night, if people are going to eat, they're going to end up somewhere. You're going to bump into people, oh, yeah. and they're not going to be all over. Uh, midtown or whatever so it's it's i charlotte heroes con is a lot of fun it for so many reasons and i mean the con is fantastic but it it, even the afterwards is is just i didn't expect it to be as fun as it was i've done that show for the last four or five years and it every year i'm just like this is the best show i mean they they treat you very well there in terms of the staff at the show uh just the vibe of the show the fact that it's kind of centered around the artists yes. instead of like a big multimedia crazy mm-hmm. orgy of whatever. Like it's, it's, it's an artist show first and foremost. And so that's, I feel like that's where I learn the most and also just kind of make the most connections these days in terms of hanging out with other artists. Uh, so much, much props to those guys for, for putting that show together. It was our first time and it was, it was, Amazing. It was absolutely amazing. Again, and, and I'm sure depending on what a person goes to a show for, different shows have different appeals, but, but sure. for what we like to do and, and being art collectors and, and liking to hang out and just chill with friends and creators, it was a grand slam. I, I just adored the fact that everybody hung out at one place. I, oh, I thought sure. that was great. That, yeah. that, that, that was just the, just perfect. It was, it was, truly a perfect convention so yeah. I, I have uh, to recommend that to anybody that can make it out that way so let's do the segue let's talk about some comics all right let's do it yeah what what are you uh enjoying these days mr randolph uh man um 
That's a tough. All right, let me let me. <laughs> let's just say I I I buy a lot of comic books, but I don't read that many because I'm, <laughs> I'm busy drawing all the time. But um, the comic books that I still buy on a regular basis, um, I do buy uh, uh, Snyder and Capullo's Batman. That's a must buy for me. I love that book. Um, let's see. I've been buying all new X Men. I really like that book as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what else? What else? I I've been I've been checking out the uh, Superman by Jeff Johns and um. And uh, JR, JR. JR. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out how I feel about that, but uh, it's all right, you know. It's all right. I'm mean, <laughs> thinking about sums that up. Yeah. It's, that it's, was a, it's weird, right? It's very weird to see JR, JR drawing a DC character, right? Yes, I love JR, JR. It's still weird for me. It's Agreed. Still, uh, other than that, I mean, I, I'll buy stuff here and there just because I like the art. But, oh, and the, uh, what is it? The, the Wicked and the. Divine, Divine, yeah. Divine the Wicked, whatever that book's called. That's like, that's like Jason's Divine. book yeah. of the year. Yeah, yeah, that book's great. I like that book a lot. Yeah, I called that, that first issue uh, the the perfect first issue of a comic. I, I thought it was unbelievably well done. To, to me, yeah. it's it's it's. Uh, I think it's 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 uh, Gill and McKelvey's. Uh, so far, it's it's their career career work, and, yeah. and they've had a pretty good career. I just I think this is the perfect uh, synthesis of their things that interest them. Mm-hmm. And and a compelling story rolled into one because I'm not a huge uh, I I've, I wasn't a huge fan of Phonogram just because that music isn't my scene really so right. and I, I think it's hard to connect to that book if if you don't like that type of music if you don't like Britpop right. yeah um, I, which is, really, I didn't connect with that book either like I respected it but it, like like you said it wasn't really my thing yeah um, I mean I know it's Ron Richards' favorite book ever because he loves Britpop. <laughs> 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 uh, but you know they're cool dudes and I've hung out we've hung out with them at shows and stuff and, yeah. and and to me this is the first thing that they've done that I've genuinely enjoyed on top of the fact that I'm reading it because I like those guys if you know what I mean right you, right you know so so absolutely I'm with you I think it's been great so far yeah um that's kind of my short list I mean there's stuff here and there that I get but that's kind of the stuff that I actually sit down and read every month Mm-hmm. So I, I know you're not married, right? You're not, but you have a serious long-term girlfriend, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, she's in the other room right now. Yeah. So we're three old married men, but the uh-huh. question still pertains since you've been with her for a long time too. Yeah. Like oh, over like 15 years, right? You told me, I think. No, no. Let's 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 uh, subtract about 10 years from that. Okay, so five. Years. All right, sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry. Yeah, yeah. But either way, long-term, long-term girlfriend. Um. Yeah. So is she a geek? Does she? Is she into comics? Is she into the superhero movies? Does she watch any of the TV shows with you? Do you have any commonality there? Uh, she's she's definitely a nerd. She's more um, of like a Lord of the Rings or like Game of Thrones. That's kind of her 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 jam right now. Okay. Um, so you cosplay as Cal Drogo then? Uh, I think she would love it if I did. But, uh, <laughs> Uh, I mean, she, she's, she's more into different things. Like, she's the one who got me, uh, reading some of the anime stuff that I wouldn't have read, you know, uh, like, uh, what's the, oh shit, what's the book? Oh yeah, like, I got her reading Battle Royale, and she got me reading Death Note. That was the one. Oh, sure. that's good shit. Yeah, that was, that was her joint. She got me into that. 
Um, and then I got her reading like Why the Last Man and stuff like that. Nice. So we go back and forth. Um, but she's Her definitely, yeah. She's You're in David's camp. David can, David's wife, Renee, will read comics occasionally on his recommendation. I, my wife, the, the, the next comic she reads will be her first. So, so <laughs> she, she doesn't begrudge me this, this passion, but she has yeah. absolutely interest in it. Even uh, as far as the fact that when my, the movies. she will watch, that's why I ask. She, she, for some reason, and I think she's not alone here. In fact, you, it's, it's probably a hundred to one, I would guess. Uh, she's, she, she enjoys the movies. She, uh, she has no time for the TV shows. Um, okay. but, but she loves the movies. So I guess, and, and it's, it, it, in a way it's frustrating to me because it's not frustrating that she's not into comics, but it's frustrating to me and that I think her, her enjoyment of the movies, but her unwillingness to get into the cartoons, the comics or the TV shows is in many ways in, uh, indicative of the general population. And, Sure. And so it frustrates, it it frustrates me in a sense that we're in this halcyon time where we've got droves of comic related films. And I would go so far as to say that comic books now are being viewed as importantly, if not at the top of Hollywood's source of IP. It seems that any established creators with a, with a book that comes out or a pitch gets optioned almost immediately now. Which is great yeah. for the for industry. It makes me happy that all you guys are are, are getting that that chance at an extra payday. But but it, what what really confounds me though is that you you know you see these numbers. You see Guardians of the Galaxy doing uh, eight hundred million plus now in the box office and 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 still growing. And yet, I I still only see forty fifty thousand people reading Guardians comics. And and I I'm I've come to the conclusion that it's probably never going to change because no, you know, ten years ten years into the the movie. Boom! It would have by now if it was going to. So I just have well, to take it for what it is. But but yeah, I, I kind of wish there was more crossover. I guess. I mean, I, I here's my and I hate to say this, um, but like comics don't make that much sense. Like for <laughs> today's like I was on Comicsology today and I'm like I'm buying comic books and I'm like yo four bucks a pop. Shit. Like, and, I'm going to read this on the toilet <laughs> in like five minutes. Right. Like, and, and, well, that's the thing. You're going to read that in five minutes. And then if you want, and this is, my wife is big on, we're, I don't, we're, we're not a split house in the sense that it's Marvel versus DC, but I'm more of a singles guy. She's, she's all about the trades. If she can read a complete story in a collected edition, that's where she's at. So if you're going to spend four bucks on a comic book, 20 pages, and not get a complete story, but you can sit in a movie theater for two hours and get a beginning, middle, and end. There's a difference. Yeah. But look how people consume media nowadays. Like I can go on Netflix right now and watch like four seasons of Parks and Recreation, no problem, and like one, you know, in, a, in like a weekend. Like I don't feel like that single issue market makes a lot of sense anymore for for most people. Um, it's just, and then on top of that, it's like, who's going to comic book stores? I mean, this is, ter- I, I feel terrible saying this because this is my industry and obviously I want people to read the stuff, but I understand why it's, it's always going to be niche to a certain degree. You have to kind of really want it to go out and read this stuff. Sure. It's not sure. just readily available. So. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, I do think that's fair. And, and, and by everything that we can gather, the, the industry, uh, the publishing industry hasn't been this healthy in a long time in the aggregate, especially on the 
the the image you know images is leading the pack there of of making it genuinely economically viable for guys to do non-big yeah. two stuff and make really decent livings, which is awesome. Um, yeah, and, I mean it's so- it's a good time to get your stories out there in one form or another. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, and I feel like that's what's important. I mean, you say your girlfriend, I mean, your wife is not into the comic books, but I bet you she's still probably seeing the Avengers. Uh, yeah, yeah, my my, my, right, my wife is in the comics. My girlfriend loves comics, though. So <laughs> oh. I do. Yeah. Now, um, so all right, if, if we're going to talk about the movies and yesterday's big announcements, are there is there an upcoming? And we can even go into the DC stuff that they announced a few weeks ago. We are, well, I mean, if we want to bring it down, but if do we <laughs> is, there, is there is there anything? And I apologize. Is, is there? Uh, out of out of the movies that Marvel announced yesterday, Kari, is there anything that you are really amped for? I'm like, I am uh, cautiously excited about uh, Black Panther. I think that's just, I think that's cool that they're even doing that, you know? Um, and I, I hope that works out. And it's funny, I say that because uh, I don't even care that much about Black Panther as a character. I think he's kind of boring <laughs> but oh. at the same time oh you listen listen right you just put listen, a dagger listen let me tell you something i the fact that it's going to be a movie is awesome and i'm going to be the first person in line to see it but that said i would still if if we're going to get a, a black comic book guy i'd still rather have blade back or or uh luke cage those are the guys i want you know um, well there's nothing saying think, we're not going to get we're not going to get Kate, luke cage Oh and, yeah, and I thought the Falcon. I thought they they did a great job with Sam in Captain and America. Falcon is dope right. too, man. Like, yeah, I, I they, expect to see Falcon in Falcon. when when Chris Evans decides to step away from in front of the camera. I figure right. um, Mackie will step in as as Captain, whether it's following the movies, uh, the comic book lead or not. But uh, right. I, I think he he he's great. I think we'll probably get. You don't some think it'll page. be the Winter Soldier? I because he signed a seven picture deal with no he did and and I can the only reason why and and they could follow again they could follow Brubaker's story there that he mapped out if they want to give it to Bucky but I think the way the um the audience kind of just ate up Mackie as 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 Sam I think that might make them change direction if anything's going to make them kind of go somewhere where they weren't planning that's one area i think that they might change course on um Mm -hmm. i think we'll get luke cage on the netflix side of things yeah agreed the um i hope it's better agents of shield though that's all well but i it it will be it will be different than agents of shield i i right I, i saw last night's agents of shield i'm i'm still i mean i've been a fan of the show since it started just because of the, the Easter eggs and, and the nods that they've, they've given. I mean, we had Absorbing Man in the first episode of the second we season. Did. I can't, I, I can't be, I, I can't complain about that. We, we were introducing Mockingbird and, and she, she name dropped Clinton Barton last night. And, um, you know, so I mean, it, and again, I'm not, I'm not trying to compare Agents of Shield to Arrow or Gotham or, or Netflix shows, but it's, it's a different, Type of show that's still kind of tied into the whole cinematic universe, and 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 yeah, I mean, you the movies and the show are different, but you could probably want something better for Agents of Shield just because we're so used to getting some really good stuff on the movie side. Uh, yeah. I, 
I'm, I've been a fan of, of Black Panther for ages and I mean, more so the, when, uh, when Priest wrote the character. And I was I mean, going to say that only time I've actually sat down and like really enjoyed that book. I thought that that run was amazing. The uh, well, it was, Marvel Knights. It, yeah. I mean, and, and it was, that was the most fleshed out he's been. And, yeah. and I think I really hope, I mean, I know, I know Jason is, is going to, um, pray to whatever deity to, 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 to get an omnibus of priest stuff before the movie comes out. And, right. and it's, uh, it, I hope that they tap into some of the stuff Priest wrote about for the movie. Yeah. I, Priest, Black Panther to me is that that's Marvel's Batman more than any other character. And, and I think yeah. that they can do a lot. And, and I, I, how many movies has he, has, has, uh, has Chad signed on for? Like five or uh, something? I don't know offhand, but I do, it's, but to your point, I do, he is making his first appearance next year, right? Is, so it, either he'll be, at the, in the end credit scene of Avengers, or he'll show up in Civil War. But I mean, I he'll, he's going to pop up, and probably because if if um if they decide to mine Wakanda for the vibranium for Ultron, and and we see, and I think Claw, if if Andy Serkis is any indication because of the facial hair, if Ulysses Claw shows up, um, that that then yes, then then it just leads leads me to believe that 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 T'Challa will show up long before. The movie comes out in a couple of years, so I mean, I'm I'm excited for Black Panther. Um, right. I because I, I like that actor a lot, um, so I, I hope so. I do too. I, I I'm stoked for the movies. Uh, putting aside the fact that they really fucked around with me yesterday with the titles, <laughs> we have to tell that story. Yeah. yeah so so I was busy. I didn't see much on the social media. Because that was a busy work day, and then I popped in on the Facebook Messenger to talk to my boys, and Vince and David were giddy for me because when the news broke about the new slate of movies, the initial slide said Captain America 3, colon, The Serpent Society. And Uh, I I am one of the probably – there probably aren't too many unabashed Serpent Society fanboys, and I am one of them. So much so that, uh, I think you've probably seen, Kari, I have a Serpent Society jam piece that I've got that's being worked out. That's, yeah. So when, when I saw that, I was over the moon. I, I couldn't contain my excitement that the Serpent Society was going to be the focal point of the next Captain America villain, villain set. And I went to Twitter and said, I can't believe this is incredible. And then I started seeing the replies. Uh oh. Oh boy, who's going to tell him? Oh, I don't have the heart. Somebody going to tell him? And then I finally said, what do you all talk about? And then they said, that was just a ruse placeholder. It's going to actually be, yeah. And so I I was crushed by that, but putting that aside, I've over, I'm over that. Uh, I'm pretty stoked for this group of movies. I, I I think that, um, I, 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 we'll never know the answer to this, but I, I have to wonder how much of phase three was emboldened by the success of guardians of the galaxy, because for as much as we talk about the Marvel formula and how successful each of these films are, I think, Internally, they had to think that Guardians of the Galaxy was the biggest risk with the most risk, most downside and the most upside. And yeah. now that it's on its, it's, I don't think it'll hit a billion, but it's, it's, it's on its way to 800 million, could bit, get to 900 million. Now that they've been able to do that with, with a, a relatively avant-garde concept and, and, and it's cosmic and it's characters that, that most people had never heard of. 
the fact that they were so successful with that, I really think has emboldened them to just go full bore and just create stories that, 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 that they're just, they're excited about. And that's where I think things like Inhumans excite me. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, I, I don't know, I, I assume there'll be some tie into the, to the grander Marvel universe, cinematic universe, but it doesn't necessarily have to be all that much. I mean, they, if they're going to be true to the, to the roots, it'll be, a lot of it'll take place on the moon, right? And it'll take place in Attilan and, and they'll, they'll have their own thing going on. So I'm just stoked. I think, uh, it, and w- what, what intrigues me on that is that I would have thought Inhumans was protected by the Fantastic Four, uh, IP and they yeah. wouldn't have had the rights to it. So, so that, that's interesting to me because if they have, if they have, if they have any humans, um, then I wonder really how limiting that Fantastic Four IP is to Sony. Uh, um, well, as we saw in the Guardians, it's, it also includes the Celestials too, probably. Yeah. But I mean, you, the I mean, you've seen right. in the, the new book, they're creating like all new characters. Do you think that's probably why, you know, so they don't have to use those mm. old characters? Well, my understanding is one of the one of the main reasons that Marvel is downshifting significantly the the mutant universe and bigging up the Inhumans as their placeholder is because they can make movies yeah. with the right. Inhumans characters. So you can right. create twenty new Inhumans with cool powers, and they're okay. But if you created twenty new mutants, essentially you'd be right. handing over. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I again, as a thirty thirty plus year Marvel zombie, I'm not giddy about the fact that we're going to be getting less mutants in the comics. Yeah, but I am open minded to it being a business, and if if they can offset that with cool new characters that are inhumans, there really isn't that much difference. I mean, once right. they have the yeah. powers, they have the powers. So right. that that bad Fantastic Four contract may turn out to be a really good thing for Marvel in in the long run because, like you said, we're getting. All these new characters that are in humans and uh, are not, I mean, the mutant contract. It's a, it, it ultimately it'll translate well for us because we get these new characters in the comics, which will translate into the movie. So it's, it's all good, right? right. What, ori- what originally looked like a bad deal, maybe not so bad in, mm-hmm. in, in hindsight. Yeah. Uh, it's a very odd. Yeah. And I mean, point of view, but- the past was still a pretty damn good movie. I thought, Absolutely. So, you know. I think the ex, that, I think that's, that's the thing. I, I think that, um, Disney isn't sure that they can't get back the Fantastic Four and the Spider-Man licenses because I don't think that those companies, studios are doing enough with them successfully that they're, they're, that they're not thinking Disney couldn't make them an offer that they can't refuse. But I suspect that they think 20th Century is doing a good enough job with the X-Men universe that they're not in any rush to give it back to Disney. I can't imagine they would be. They're yeah. making too much money up and they're doing a good job with it. So, you know. They are. If only they would hire actresses that have a little, that have eaten a sandwich every now and then. <laughs> well, yes. You know. I don't know if you've seen the Wolverine, but oh. I enjoyed the film, but, but yeah. all the leading ladies in that film have, haven't had a sandwich since 1978. Yeah. Well, and, and I don't understand that. So <laughs> sandwich is bad. <laughs> I'm stoked for the movies. I'm with Jason, though. I would have originally liked to see the Serpent Society over Civil War. That's but because I, of your apprehension to the title. Yeah, it's just so depressing. But that's, we, that's we, if, you know, okay, but they're not... Brother against... I know, but if, it will eventually translate to brother against brother. It, it has to. Yeah, of course. Of course it will. Yeah, and that just brings me down. I think it's a logical it, conclusion to what they've been doing in the movies, though. They're always like... 
fighting anyways. Like in the first Avengers movie, they barely got along. Oh yeah, I mean Thor right. and Iron Man went at it, and Captain or yeah. Captain America's just standing there. It's like it's it's there are there there are those hints. There there's the and and that's that's one thing I appreciate about about the Marvel movies. If if you they reward the person who does. Who has seen them all? There are little things right. where they they nod back to not just what happened two hours earlier in their movie, but what happened two movies ago. And and sure. it's it's very much like when you're reading a comic and and you pick up on something that happened in a panel a couple of months back. But if um, I mean I just I'm not the titles. That's not what I'm wrapped up in. It's it's like you know I mean we we the next Avengers movie is called Age of Ultron, which was not a great event, but I'm not, I'm, they are, Marvel's already established that, that the movie universe is way different. I mean, I was talking to my coworker today and he was, he was, I could see the look in his eyes and, and how things were getting a little, cause he's like, okay, well, where's Ultron from? And I had to introduce Hank Pym, who's played by Michael Douglas in an Ant-Man movie that hasn't even been a trailer for yet. And, and it's like, but, but I believe in Age of Ultron, the movie, it's all about, Tony Stark. And, Stark. and so they're already, you know, you can't, what I'm about to tell you about the comics, you can't go in thinking about that for the movie. And, and it's the same thing with these, with these sub, with, with these subtitles in after Captain America or after Thor or, I mean, Ragnarok. Yeah. I, I kind of have an idea about where that's probably going for the third Thor movie, but I'm not going to hold them to the story that, 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 that Oming and everybody told a few years ago. So I'm just going to, you know, I, I, I just, I it really is. I have, I trust Marvel. I have faith in Marvel. I mean, I, I, I saw a few people who were, instead of looking at the movies that were announced and, and taking into account that, that we're going to have a female lead movie with Captain Marvel, instead of, in, instead of just looking at these are the, these are the movies that are coming out. You can be excited about this, or you can harp on the fact that there's no Black Widow movie or there's no Hawkeye movie, and you don't know why there won't be. You don't know if if Scarlet's like, listen, I got a baby now. I'm cool with just showing up for a few days a week to be in an Avengers movie or to show up in Captain America. I don't need. I did Lucy. I don't need another full time movie to my name. And and, and you know it, it's. I'm not, I don't want to know about what hasn't happened or didn't happen. Just if this is what's coming out in the next four years, super, I'll be there. And, and that's all I really care about. So if, if the movies, if the stories are cool, I don't, I'm not so hung up on the fact that they strayed from the source material because Chris Claremont wrote this 25 years ago. Why did it was right there? Why didn't they follow that? I don't, I don't care. That's not where they're going. Well, that's a good approach, but, but, but yeah, you, you, uh, from my perspective, you put those two words, you subtitle a movie with those two words, civil war. But that's you though. That, that's no, 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 listen, you listen, the, you read the book. Exactly. But that says to me, that says chaos, discord, infighting, brother against brother. Yeah, that's not and, awesome th- and that, that would be cool. That would, and, and I know Marvel, they're going to do it upright, but I, I sincerely hope that it's self-contained. Like 
have them fight, get break them up by the middle of the movie, have them get, have them get back together, realize their differences, and move on. I really don't want to see that spread out over the course of no, four or five does. movies. No, and it, it, yeah, it, I don't bet on having. I I hope not, but I have ultimate faith in Marvel. Look what they've done so far. They're going to do these movies right. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. It's you know um, when when someone can instill. Um, excitement in, in a whole mess of people just by re- releasing the titles of the movies. Yeah. No, no other image, no, no, no further, uh, extrapolation on the content. Just, hey, we're gonna make an Inhumans movie. In 2019, by the way. Yeah, and everybody loses their shit. Right. That is power. That's, that's real power. No, so, that's true. Yeah. And they've earned it, right? I mean, that's the thing. I think if, from a, from the perspective of, 90 what 95 percent of the people that see these movies are either not familiar at all or just passingly familiar with the characters going in and they come away entertained again i I mean my uh my my wife has enjoyed every single marvel film and she doesn't know anything about the comics whatsoever so yeah they do a great job as a a fan of this stuff like I, i i'm admittedly not like a giant um fan of say captain america but uh, that Winter Soldier movie was like one of my favorite Marvel movies that's come out. Period. Sure. Like they mm-hmm. they made me a believer. I was like, oh wow, I actually like Captain America now. Like, mm-hmm. See, and, and my wife is exactly the same way. She's not a um, she is uh, she's not a Captain America fan. She's not a Superman fan, but she's not a Captain America fan. She's not all about the the um, the red, white, and blue patriot, blonde haired, blue eyed dude. But the fact, but she. She enjoyed Winter Soldier because of, and, and, and she was even kind of, um, giving Jason the business about this. That movie was all about Natasha for her. She was giddy because Black Widow kicked so much ass in that movie. Right. And, and I mean, and whether you have shirtless Chris Pratt or a wet Chris Hemsworth in the next, in, in, in upcoming movies, that, that's fine. But I mean, if you could have, um, a girl from the Bronx, and and a few of her girlfriends talk about how much ass Scarlett Johansson kicked in a yeah. mainstream Captain America movie that millions of people had seen. Then yeah. I, you're you're doing something right. Well, I think when they finally get around to writing the uh, the first volume of the history of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, there better be a huge honking chapter on James Gunn because <laughs> I no really because I I think his movie was the the turning point. It's in, in, in amazingly pivotal in the history of Marvel movies. You're going to see if if Guardians tanked, you would not have seen the the plan roll out. Well, that, that's did. what I was alluding to, right? That's why I said this was the this was the litmus test. They knew they had a money machine, but but there is a tremendous amount of script and plot similarity, almost formula, to the pre Guardians movies. Yeah. Um, even though they're directed by different people and, and they are each on their own and I think they have gotten better over time. Uh, I do think there, there was starting to be a little bit of a formula and Guardians disrupts that completely. It, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's not only because of the genre and, and the fact that the characters are even less well known than, than right. some of the, but, but also again, it's, it's, it's it, the, the pacing, the act structure, uh, the, the the tone all very different I think but uh, sure yeah. it, it has some common it, it I think all the, these films are are getting known for certain things the 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 Easter eggs the the sure. 
the the tongue in cheek comedic relief bits uh the 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 impeccable special effects but but i think that's all but what i do think guardians is 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 the, the first genuinely different film of the bunch and right. and that's what i think we're all getting at is it was such, the fact that it was such a success basically allowed disney slash marvel to put their 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 dick on the table and say okay this, we're gonna we're gonna do all this stuff I think yeah. Yeah, Guardians is is the first movie since the first Iron Man, since what kicked it all off. And I think that um, – and again, from a conversation I had earlier today, I think the first – I know Ed Norton left Hulk. He was happy with that. And he was able to he, – he spinned it now so that he can say that he was able to do other things post-Incredible Hulk. So that's why he didn't stick with it. But um, I think the first director to leave – was um the one that was going to that was originally pegged for Ant-Man who did um Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. Right. He right, Edgar Wright Edgar left Wright, yes. and and he um so so he's been replaced. So even though they want somebody to they're they're picking directors like Kenneth Branagh, like like John Favreau, like James Gunn, but you still have to work within the parameters that 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 Feig and everybody has planned they 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 have a roadmap they want to follow this so even if you're Edgar Wright and you're like okay I'm going to do this for Ant-Man you're like well you need to make sure that this fits in there somehow and if you're if you're a director who's like listen I don't I don't work with the man or I don't want to do your movie this way right. then listen we're bigger I don't want to say that we're bigger than you as a director, but this is still just like in the comic books. You can't have Batman go around ripping heads off people because that's a Warner Brothers property. That's not going to happen. So you still have these Marvel movies where they have, you have a bubble to work in. You can be your creative self and you can still tell the movies that fit your personality, but it also needs to work within what we have planned. And, and, uh, and I mean, I, 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 that reminds me of the whole Comics Code Authority. It's like, listen, your your book is censored. You can be, you want to tell your drug story, you want to tell your your story about the scourge who's going around killing all the villains of the Marvel Universe, that's fine, but you have to do it within these parameters. And I'm not a fan of censorship, but if there are rules to follow or if there's if there's a way you can be creative and still tell your story, then I I I appreciate someone who rises to the challenge. Yeah, I, I think Guardians, we saw some of it in Whedon's Avengers, but I think Guardians is the first Marvel movie that is unabashed. It just revels in comic bookiness. You know, it, it's not ashamed to show the villains in comic book styled, uh, costumes. Mm-hmm. It, it, I mean, I mean, it has, it has a raccoon as a, or a, an anthropomorphic raccoon as a, one of the main characters. Look back on the Marvel movies before, uh, Avengers. All of the villains, like Whiplash, normal looking yes. dudes, not, not outlandish at all. Mandarin, uh, you know, um, even, even to a certain extent, the Red Skull in, in, in Captain America was kind of toned down. Yes. Uh, but look at, then you look at Guardians. It's outlandish. The, all the characters are larger than life. Drax is a, is this huge muscle bound. Mm-hmm. Like it, it just it it's it's taken a bath in everything comic books, mm-hmm. and it and it's not ashamed of it. And I, and I think that's pushing the Marvel movies after to, to basically do the same. It's okay to be out there, right? You know, look what this movie did. Mm-hmm. It's 
we can do the same with, with, with what comes next. Yeah, I think you're right. It's, it, it's a very, very important movie. In, in I the agree. Marvel I agree. Yeah. yeah. So, so then, what do you guys feel about DC stuff? Then I okay. I I um I am I'm looking forward to seeing them approach it from the the different direction. They're they're going to after Batman v Superman, which is kind of telling because it's Superman's sequel, but Batman gets top billing. So you have Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, and then. We get the team up movie because we're going to throw as many characters as we can in Superman sequel. So they're, they're starting off more or less with the group movie, the team movie, and then you get the characters in their room movie, like Wonder Woman, like Cyborg. And I'm, I mean, these are still characters that I am in comic book form have been a fan of. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing these movies, but because of how these movies are made and, and the way the characters appeared, because this is going to be a Batman we haven't seen before. It's not Christian Bale. It's not Michael Keaton or Val Kilmer. It's, I, I wasn't, um, I wasn't thrilled with the representation of Superman in Man of Steel. Uh, that's not a Superman I'm not familiar with. I, I don't know who this character is. It's not Superman to me, which is fine because he was never referred to as Superman. Um, but uh, I, I, I don't... I'm looking forward to some of the other movies coming out in the next few years. I, I, I know that um, I, I'm a big Wolfman and, and Perez New Teen Titans fan, so I'm, I'm curious to see what they do with Cyborg. I am... Uh, there are some, I, Suicide Squad is, I'm going to see it, but I, it's, it seems a bit of a, um, I, I, to me, they're banking on, uh, the name from Assault at Arkham and, and the Arrow TV show. I, I don't know what version of Suicide Squad we're going to see on on screen in that movie when that comes out. So it's it's more of a um the DC movies are more of a, a crapshoot. It, it's like I know these names sound familiar. I may not recognize the characters, but the names are familiar, so I'm going to give it a shot. But I don't have the um I'm not as invested as I am with with the Marvel side of things. Uh yeah, I I would be in the same camp. I I'm I'm historically a much bigger Marvel fan. So I have a lot more emotional attachment to and thus excitement for those type of movies to see those characters live and in person. But I will say that I do think there's more opportunity for DC to surprise people yes. in the sense that uh, because Green Lantern was such a giant flop mm. and because the Superman movies have been uneven, whatever you may think of the last one, I don't think. They haven't received the universal acclaim, uh, but then you, you juxtapose those those movies against the unbelievable success of the Nolan Batman series. Uh, so, so I, I think there's opportunity there because I, I don't think there's anything that should preclude competent filmmakers at major studios from taking what are arguably even more iconic characters in the DC uh, right. pantheon and and turn them into some pretty amazing films. I, I, there, there's there's nothing there's nothing intrinsic that should keep them from being able to make great movies with these characters. Um, 
But I think until they have that first non-Batman film that is kick-ass and universally acclaimed and a major financial success, there's going to be haters and doubters, and we're probably guilty of being in that camp at times, at least from a tongue-in-cheek perspective. Uh, we, we all kind of are – it's a Missouri thing. We're waiting for them to show, to show us. Uh, and then if they show us, then – then I, I think their outlook gets a lot rosier very quickly, right? If, if the first one or two of these next films are big hits for them, uh, then then all of a sudden the rest of the the, the docket looks a lot more compelling. Um, so I, I'm I'm excited for them, and, and I think as a fan, I'm I'm more open to them taking liberties on those properties because I'm not as religiously uh, dogmatic about what what they're supposed to be. Um, so yeah, I, I think. The, they, there's no reason they shouldn't be great. Uh, yeah, I, color I mean, I, me, co- well, color me in the camp of being pro Jason Momoa as Aquaman. I think that could be great. That is, yeah. So. I mean, I'll, that, that I think will get people. I mean, yeah, we talk about Chris Hemsworth or Chris Evans. I, I think that, uh, that, that, that he'll get some people into the theaters. Um, maybe it didn't work for Conan, but, uh, you're no, right. It didn't. it didn't work for Conan and, and, and I guess but that was pre Cal Carter, but that's true. Um, Let's, yeah, the, uh, was it the first season? Oh, but the, the thing is, um, with, uh, that, that's probably my only worry, I'll say in air quotes, is that the cyborg that we're going to see in the cyborg movie or in the Justice League movie is the new 52 Jeff Johns version and not the version that, that, that I'm necessarily a fan of or even the Teen Titans Go version. It's, uh, it's, it's definitely a, the the where DC is right now is that they've just they have a lot of characters whose names I recognize I just don't recognize the characters and and if if other people are following these characters and are fans of them that's great I, I still have my old comics to read but I, I would love to see those versions on the screen and not so much the the current characters as as they're shown today on on the page. Mm-hmm. There you go. What about you, Kari? I mean, are you uh, growing up? Were you more of a DC guy, a Marvel guy? Were you were you all of it? I mean, um, I was definitely more of a Marvel guy. Uh, I mean, I was like the DC movies when I was a kid, but I never got into DC comic books except for like you know, like the Dark Knight. Um, I was never really a DC fan at all. Um, and I did not like Man of Steel at all. I thought it was pretty terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, the, the, the Nolan stuff was cool, the Batman stuff, but I'm like, I would love to be proven wrong about this stuff because good movies are good for everybody, but you know, I can't really say I'm a big fan of Zack Snyder. Um, true. And no argument there. Not really a big fan of Ben Affleck. Um, I like him as a director quite a bit. Yeah, no, listen, the time was cool, and I like some some other things he's directed, but he ain't directing. So that's you're right, true. that's true, true, true. Uh, let's. I'll I'll be there. I'll see it. I'll definitely see it. But. See, I don't I don't know if this is indicative of of all because I can only go. I have I have you guys. I have my friends 
the, the dudes I message with every day and, and, and people I see online or on the forum, I know, I know the way comic book fans think, but, um, my, 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 the minion at work, Joe, he, uh, he's my non comic book reading friend. And when, um, when Batman was announced as showing up in, in the next Superman movie, he asked if it had anything, if, if Christian Bale was what, like, where, where'd Ben Affleck come from? Why isn't Christian Bale? Why isn't it even, why isn't it, um, uh, Robin? Why didn't he take over? I mean, he, he's, he's, he doesn't understand why this Batman is not the Batman we just had or any connection to the Batman we just had three movies of. Like, like, like that was, I, I'm, and I'm explaining to him, that's done. You had three movies. That's it. You're not getting any more of that universe. You're not, you're not getting that vision of right. Batman anymore. You had those three movies. That's it. It ended with, with, with that Robin going to the cave and, and Bruce and Selena in the cafe in Europe and, and that's it. So forget about the Batman you're used to when it comes to the next Superman movie. And, and he's, he's not, I don't, he's having a, I don't want to say he's having a hard time with it, but it's not, it's, he, he doesn't understand why, why there's no connection there. And I don't know if, if people have that same problem with, with going from the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies to the new amazing Spider-Man movies. It, it, it hasn't been many years between the third movie and the first movie, but it looks different. It feels different. So you know, they're not the same. It's, it's not, the same universe, not the same character, but it seems like I don't know what makes Batman different where he's not able to grasp that the great Batman movies he just saw three of are not related any way whatsoever to this Superman sequel. Well, I feel like the the last three, the great thing about Crispin Nolan is that he understands uh, like characters in depth. And I don't think I've ever seen Zack Snyder handle characters well. Like, his characters are very one-dimensional to me. And I think with something like Batman, you have to have some kind of depth to the character, or otherwise it's going to come across corny. Sure. Um, And that's kind of what I'm afraid of. Because when I saw Man of Steel, I was just like, Man of Steel doesn't get it. He understands how to make shit look cool. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> get that part, but um, at no point was I like like rooting for Superman or like I, I just was not happy. I was just right. like, yeah. I'm miserable watching. Right. You, you almost thing. think Zack Snyder should be the DP, right? The director of photography, not yeah. not. <laughs> well, no, because he does. I mean, he he, he You're does. Right. No, it does fil- the films look good? I mean, they they yeah. Watchmen too. It looked good. I, I mean, he he. He's capable of making things look special, but yeah, Sucker Punch yeah. looks cool. But yeah, I, I won't be. I can't mm-hmm. see what the hell the movie's about. Yeah, it's brilliant. I know Vince loves Sucker Punch. Me too. I do. Me too. Uh, yeah. Well, I think if you look at Sucker <laughs> Punch as just a giant, uh, just just uh, scene from a, a Final Fantasy, uh, yeah, motion capture. It, it's a two-hour-long mu- mu- uh, music video. I want to. I really did. I, I actually still own it because sometimes I can watch it with like the sound off, just because it's <laughs> it is good looking. But 
Man, that movie fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Keep it well, real. That's what it's all about. Yeah, I've been keeping mom on this DC stuff. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to say, uh, I love it when my friends are enjoying stuff Actually, they watch. <laughs> when your friends are optimistic about shit that hasn't happened yet. No, well, I mean, I'd, I'd be a fool not to think that the potential for greatness is, is not there. Because sure. it is. And you can bring talent. You have to over people. 50 years of, of, of material to, to, to draw upon and yeah. yeah and 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 that's that's what worries me is that out of all the years that these characters have been around we're going to look at like the last 3 to really kind of shape where where these movies are going and that's that that bums me out and it worries me i'm not and and that's that that's wrong for me to prejudge because these movies hasn't happened they haven't happened yet and we don't know if that's the direction they're going in but Based on Man of Steel, that's all I have to go on. And, and I'm not, um, that, that doesn't exactly instill me with hope, but I can just, I can be, hey, cool, we're going to get some DC movies and, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I just hope that it, it's not, um, it's not DC's version of the Wolverine movie from, from a few years ago where we got his origin, X-Men Origins Wolverine. I'm hoping, I'm hoping DC's not doing that and, and that they're doing more like, uh, you know, Marvel Phase One, basically. Right. Well, I'm, I mean, I've been branded a hater, uh, <laughs> just because. I mean, I haven't found anything uh, uh, featuring the DC characters in both movies and television since the second Nolan movie that I found worth watching. Yeah, you I do mean, love the Dark Knight. You do. I I do love that movie. Jesus. And but David has pushed, and Jason too, to a lesser extent, has pushed me towards Arrow and and this recent Flash thing. And I I just find nothing appealing about this stuff at all. Like but Arrow. that I, I think I mean I like Arrow, but I still can't tell if it's goofy on purpose or not. <laughs> like I, I I sometimes sit there. And it I'm is like, still a CW show. Yeah, like they know this is dumb, right? Like. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I like it, but like, they, they know this is pretty stupid. I feel like they do. I, I'd like to think, I would like to think that they know it's dumb, but it's still enjoyable to me. Yeah, I think that's a crucial part of, of adapting, uh, works that originally, uh, came up in comics to the screen. You have to embrace that ridiculousness yes. for, for it to work. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. It's just that some, a lot of folks just don't get it. That, that, you know, uh, and, and you started to see that early on when they decided to tweak the Spider-Man costume for the Raimi movies. Like it was unnecessary, but it, you oh, don't know how they, shooters. I still can. Yeah, I, I, but yeah. just the whole, like, you don't know how it works on the screen. Well, why can't it work on the screen? I think you're taking the, the easy way out, you know, like they, they have to put texture in the Superman costume. Why? It, it, why, why would you mute uh, uh, the, the, the symbol of hope? Right. He's red and blue for a reason. Yep. It, it, he's a beacon. He's not a grayed out, muddy, yeah. you know, ki- killer. It just doesn't, uh, that's what I'm all about. I'm all about the visual aspect of these things. And for my money, the DC stuff has been mediocre. Yep. It, it's, 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 you know, commonplace nothing about the flash screams to me like this is visually 
I don't get an eye orgasm when I when when I when I watch the Flash. Sure. Let's just put it at that. But I'm not I'm I'm not pooping on people who love this. No, stuff. and I, you're not because I, I don't mean, I don't care what you watch. But before we before we grab Jason uh, tonight, we um you know I, I they introduced Captain Cold last night on the Flash. I think I mean the Flash does it. It's a character who showed up on Arrow last year, so you have you have that connection to that TV show, but. The Flash is definitely more superhero-y, more costumey than the Arrow is. It's not as dark. I mean, they, they, last night you had Felicity, who's a a main character on Arrow. She was on the Flash for most of the episode last night. I've never seen her during the daytime. I've never seen her out when the sun is out, and and she was all about being out in the open in the sun on the Flash. And and it the Flash and Arrow are, are pretty much on TV. Batman and Superman. You have Batman always in dark, always at night. That's Arrow. And you have the Flash being Superman all sunny and bright. And that's in Metropolis. And I'm, I'm enjoying the Flash. It's been four episodes. It's been, it's been more, like I said, superhero-y than Arrow. It's not as heavy or dark as Arrow. It's, uh, the characters are, are, I can get into the characters, the, 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 uh, the supporting team that Barry works with on a daily basis aren't annoying or I wish that somebody would die. It's, it's a, um, they, they, no, because there are characters on TV where I'm just like, I just, I, I don't want you on. I, why are you taking up screen time? And there isn't anybody like that on flash. There's a mystery. There's because you want to know why this one dude who's supposedly in a wheelchair, how does he know more than he knows? And, and, and they, uh, they introduced Ronnie Raymond. So, you know, you're going to get, Firestorm eventually. And, and they've, um, they, they basically, instead of what they were doing with Arrow for the past three years, they're, they're fast forwarding that with Flash and, and no pun intended. They are, they're just, they're, they're going faster than they were with Arrow and way more than they did with Smallville. And, and they do know that they, they have comic books to thank for the source material and, uh, the Flash is, is kind of a sleeper for, for me so far for, I, I didn't know, I knew it was going to feel like Arrow, but it's, it's not Arrow. It's brighter. It's funnier. It's, um, it's more optimistic than Arrow is. So I'm, I enjoy The Flash. I'm still enjoying Agents of Shield. Um, Gotham is a show that Renee and I watch together on the weekends. So, um, I thought it was going to be a show that I would watch by myself. Yeah. Because it's comic book related, but she's, she's enjoying Gotham. She, she, she likes, uh, she likes Jim. She, she likes Bullock. She, uh, I, last week they, they mentioned, uh, a, a drug where, where people, um, get super strength and, but unfortunately they need to, um, they need to replenish. They, they need to consume tons of milk and cheese because their bones are, um, are degrading faster because of the drug and they're calling the drug Viper. And one of the, someone mentioned that after Viper, they, they, they perfected the drug and it became venom. And I'm like, well, there you go. There's a fucking Easter egg. So yep. it's, it's, they are, they're, they're given the nod. And, and I, uh, you know, you get the movies every few months and that's, that's fantastic. But the fact that I can watch three or four comic book shows during the week I, you know, 12 year old me, I, I never would have saw the day. <laughs> it's true. It is. 
This was only a dream. Right? Yeah. It was all a dream. We used to read Word Up magazine. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you have a nightmare. It happens. That's when Man of Steel comes in. Yes, exactly. All right. What else we got? Let's keep it rolling here. We have talked about, except for Tech Jacket, we've talked about no comic books this week. Comic book things. What have you been reading? Who? You, Vince. You. Oh, geez. I, I read a ton of stuff. One comic right now. What have you been reading? Break him off. Well, it's that time of the month, and like I said, for the your, my in your travels at the end of the uh, month, I would focus on uh, a best of the the thing I enjoyed the most over the the course of the month, and I got to give it up to Baltimore nice. by uh, Mike Mignola and Christopher Golden. Nice. I I uh, I've never I, heard of that. What is it? Oh, oh man, God. I mask it soon. I read volume two, which is the curse bells. I read volume three, a passing stranger and other stories and volume four, chapel of bones. My boy. Uh, I, I find these books to be flawless. Uh, I, I think of, of all of Mignola's creations. Uh, I think Lord Baltimore is the one with which I most identify. Like I love Abe Sapien, yeah. but Baltimore, I, I, I could slide into his shoes. Um, I, I could be him, right? I need to read this. Uh, he, this is a guy who is, uh, relentless. He's driven by vengeance. He's gotta right a wrong. See, his, his, his family and his wife were, were, uh, slaughtered by, um, uh, a vampire lord called, uh, Haggis. And Baltimore is responsible for this vampire lord being awake in the first place. Mm-hmm. See, Bal- Baltimore was a soldier. In the, in the British Army, World War One, and he uh, he's during this this night battle, he he gets wounded, grievously wounded. He li- eventually loses his leg, and, and he's unconscious. And when he comes to, all of the men of his company are being devoured by these gigantic vampire bats. He's like, what the fuck? So he 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 tries to at least save himself and, and who's left of his men. And in doing so, he scars one of the vampires. Uh, which eventually turns out to be the, this, this vampire lord, Haggis, that's this huge ranking vampire and spends three, the collection of three, uh, on, uh, miniseries tracking this guy across Europe. Mm-hmm. And, and he meets all these characters and these monsters on the, on the journey. Like he'll track them to say, um, you know, Italy or something, this European country and, he encounters not only uh, the haggis, the, the, this this uber vampire, but a cloister of nuns that have been turned into vampires. And, you know, the, the whole uh, Christian flagellation thing, like I'm in, unworthy, I'm unclean. What, what, what these nuns would do is they would carve crucifixes into their skin. In, in order to feel the pain, in order, like that, the pain of flagellation, they, they would burn their skin with the Holy Cross just in, in order to, to cleanse themselves of the evil taint. And, and they, one of them makes, uh, Baltimore safer by giving her communion. Oh, it's a great scene. Um, he, he, he puts the host in her mouth and she's crying blood and she just like turns into bones. She, she dissolves into nothing but bones. It's a really powerful scene, but, but, it's one of those Mignola golden tricks where you think this Lord Haggis is going to be the be all and end all. Like once Baltimore, you know, kills him, that's the end. 
No, nah, son. He, he was he was just the uh, the guy standing in front of the curtain. Behind the curtain, you have this character called the Red King. Yes, and he is like the master of vampires. He's the 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 origins of the the plague of vampirism. And because of Baltimore doing what he did, he now falls under the Red King's notice, and the shit's gonna get worse. It, it, it's, it's just a, it's amazing series. And, and one of the complexities of it is that the most reprehensible, the most despicable character in the entire series is not a bloodthirsty creature of the night, but it's a man, a man of God. There's this dude called, uh, Father Andre Duvik, who is, is, uh, uh, one of the Inquisition. And he's traveling the land purifying, in quotes, these people who he deems tainted by evil and his purification is he he kills them he tortures tortures them and eventually kills them in order to make them clean in the eyes of god the guy is a nutcase totally evil but he thinks and it's one of those things where one of the most dangerous creatures on the planet is is the entity that thinks they're acting in god's will like i got a mandate from god i can do whatever i want this dude is disgusting and 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 Baltimore comes to his notice because Baltimore's fighting all these monsters, so he's tainted by evil. So this uh, Andre Duvik wants to cleanse Baltimore. Oh, it's a it's an amazing series. You got to read it. All right, I'm sold. I'm in. Yeah, I'm in. And there's absolutely this. Uh, it's illustrated by Ben Stenbeck, and uh, D- Dave Stewart does the color. This Baltimore's world is completely without sunshine. There are no rays of light in Baltimore's world at all. Like all of the colors that that uh, Stewart slaps down, they're all uh, these ruddy ochres and muddy browns or, or uh, blues and grays. It's 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 a really sunless world, and, and rightly so because it's just. Baltimore's on this this quest, uh, unending quest to just rid the world of monsters, and it's just nasty. And most of it happens at night. But I gotta say, the only splash of color is blood. Mm-hmm. And, and, and whenever there's uh, a, um, a pool of blood, it's bright, bright, high, high chroma red, and the monster's eyes are all red. So it's it's really something. It, uh, Jason, uh, I've been buying this. Uh, from the get-go in singles, but I recently picked up the the uh, hardcovers at the New York Comic Con. Jason got caught up on it, and he was preaching the the, the glories of Baltimore uh, uh, way back. And so I finally got on the on the the ball and and got up to date. And it's an amazing series. Uh, it's not in the Mignola verse, but it could be. Right. Yeah. There's no Hellboy. There's no BPRD running around. Uh, it, it, it happens between like say 19, it, it's post World War One. So, so like say 1915 to 1918. I mean, he's on a long quest, but do yourself a favor. Check this out. So it, um, it could be eight, before, it's, it could be before Hellboy. Oh, it could definitely slide into the Hellboy okay. universe. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, it, you bring up a point. It's interesting to me that they've made a point of saying that it's not in the Hellboy universe because mm-hmm. aesthetically, uh, thematically, it certainly could be. Yeah, so it definitely has that that kind of vibe to it, though. It's got oh, that. for sure, for sure, yeah. it, it absolutely. Uh, but but so I just I don't know if the reason that it's out of the universe is because he co-authored it, the novels with another creator. I, I don't know, but 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 it's it's definitely it's it is a standalone thing. Um, so 
Uh, I'm a big, I'm a big fan and I agree. I think the, the greatest conceit so far is that he, he finally had his moment of reckoning with, with, with Haggis. And as you just mentioned again, it, 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 that was, that was just step one in the journey, unfortunately. Yeah. So it's, it's crazy. Level up Um, time. And, and, and I do, I do love Lord Baltimore because, uh, we're, we're talking post World War One. So Europe is very, very Christian at this time in no small part because of the crusades and the, and the inquisition uh there's people left and right like blessing lord baltimore like bless you may, may god guide you and and he like he doesn't um rebuke their efforts like he'll take the blessing but he doesn't believe in it he he's totally like i have been damned from the get-go anything your god can can god has abandoned me a long time ago <laughs> And, and, you know, he sees God as kind of like an, an absentee warden at the very least or uh, at best a vindictive puppet master. He's he's not about the God. He just he just wants to go, you know, eradicate evil in all its forms. And so I'm, I'm loving this character. He's 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 a pragmatist. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad you you caught up in and love it as much as you do. Oh, it's amazing. Why doesn't Stenbeck get more love? The guy's incredible. I can only assume it's because this is all he's done, at least in for a while, right? That and it's probably hard just being under Mignola. I mean, he's always gonna yeah, outfit. Yeah, you're right. Right. It it's gotta be a, a tough slog to, to to be one of the one of the the the, the artists under Mignola because how do you compete with that? I mean the guy has a, a singular vision for the way right. he presents you know, his artwork is just so unique. Well, he's also been a he's been a phenomenal judge of talent yeah. from from you look at I mean obviously you've got guys like Guy Davis but then Stenbeck and James Harron and Tyler Crook he's he's he seemingly has a, an inordinately high hit rate of finding artists that uh, are, are stylistically different from him but but are able to still put it down so right. yeah it I think it's one of the um one of those uh, comic book uh properties that maintains this extremely high level of quality and part of me i mean you know call me a, a sadist part of me is waiting for them to to falter because it, ha- it hasn't really happened yet mm-hmm. i haven't read any of the lobster johnson stuff it's awesome i can't is it yeah okay that's cool. yeah awesome stuff mm-hmm. yeah very 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 good uh i i don't like to rank the the mignola stuff uh because it's all of of amazing quality, but you know, there's certain characters you, you you glom on to more than others. But uh, as a whole, it, it's all fantastic across the board. Sweet. So that's what I've been reading, David. Well, that's good. Um, and yeah. uh, in honor of our our guest tonight, because he uh, works on an image book, um, I was I, mean, I, I read my usual stuff, but I decided to. Um, Jump ahead and, 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 and screw up my, um, jumble up my schedule. And I have, I mean, because today is one, as we're recording, it's Wednesday. When you hear it, it will be Thursday. But as of today, the, uh, the first volume of Southern Bastards collecting one through yeah, four yeah. has been released. And I think we're all, um, not, not speaking for our guests, but I think we're all up to date on Southern Bastards because number five also dropped today. Yep. Uh, but I, um, I did read, I finished cause I started a few months ago and, and I mentioned the, uh, the Flash Gordon connection, but, um, 
I read the six, I reread the first couple of issues and, and read all six issues of, uh, Mark Miller's and, and, uh, Goran Pollard's, uh, Starlight. And I, wait, 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 wait one minute. You can't pull away from Southern Bastards that quick. <laughs> well, I don't know if, if, well, again, I don't know if, if Kari read it and I don't want to, it's, it's kind God. of my, in your travels. So I don't know. Uh, uh, all the issues on my iPad, I have not sat down. And okay. Read so we're not, we're not going uh, to, all right. So, so we can't go there. We can't not, do it. We're then. not, we're not <laughs> going to, we're not going to spoil anything because I think we all, Jason read it before, Jason read the fourth issue before Vince and I did. And, and, uh, and, and yes, he is absolutely correct where the fourth issue, um, really does knock your socks off. Uh, mm-hmm. you don't expect it to go somewhere where it does. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Sur- hell of a way to, sur- to end the first trade. Surprise moment of the year so far. Yes. Is, is I mean, far. and then, and, 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 and I, I thank, I thank Mr. Aaron and, and Latour for not ending with the phone ringing and, and giving us an epilogue because mm-hmm. that opens things up to, um, to a, uh, it's just a world of hurt for, for, for people involved. But he, instead of going in a direction where I thought they'd be going, uh, we kind of, we're, we're getting some, I don't even know if you can call it a breather, but we're getting some backstory on another character in the book. And, uh, and, and as, as Vince mentioned on Messenger, as, as you read the fifth issue, uh, you find out that, um, this isn't so, so, narrow. so, so narrowed. narrowed. Yes, that, yeah. that's exactly it. Narrow. It's, it's not, there's, there, there are, um, there are others that, uh, I, they can go in, in different directions with this and, and, uh, they're not, uh, they're not limited. <laughs> there's no limit, basically. Uh, yeah, it's what a I'm freak show. Say. You can, yeah. they're, um, you know, when I, I, this was, you know, I, when I usually cook, I, I tend to, you know, we're, we're going to, you, you put it on high heat first and then you let it simmer. And, and this though, this was, this was kind of a simmer. The first four issues were, were, were a little bit of a, you think you're, this is, I'm going to tease you. Jason Aaron was basically like, listen, these are the characters that are in this story and, and, uh, we're going to get you to know these people right here. The, the, these three, four, five people and, and just get to know them. And then he decided to go, you know what? The fifth issue's out. People enjoyed this book. I am going to just uh, open yeah. your eyes and expand your horizons. And, and what you thought for me, what I thought this book was. The fifth issue just blew that out of the water. And, yeah. and, and I am, I'm, it's no, the book is no longer what I thought it was going to be. And, and, and it's not, um, when I, when I recommend Southern Bastards now, I can't just limit it to real. I mean, yes, it's all Southern, but it's, uh, it's different than what I thought it was going to be. And that's, and that's for the better. Right. First four issues, I, I was feeling walking tall. Absolutely. But Absolutely. with with the fifth, it turned into blue velvet. Oh man, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's it. I I will say no more. All I would say is you 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 must read up to in, including issue five before you you make a judgment yeah. on this book. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, you can read the first. I mean, and if you read the four issues, 
and just be like, you know what? I think you could actually read those four issues and get a complete story. This way you can, you can read the fourth issue and go, I'm done. I read what I wanted to read because that fourth issue is going to put you through the ringer and you're going to read that fourth issue and you're going to put it down and you can either say, I can finish the story in my mind or I can see where they're going. And if you're going to decide to hop in the car and go where they're going, you're, it's a different experience and, and I'm all for it. I'm, I'm, um, I'm in for the long haul and, and I, uh, I'm cool with it. I, I absolutely have no problem with, with where they're going with it. I, I'm, I still think the characters are, um, dicks who, who are dicks, but it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, and, and granted, and I'm not, I'm purposely being vague because this book did just come out today. There are people who do get the book via DCBS and may only get monthly shipments. So I don't want to screw them over because they're still a week, a week away from reading it. So, um, I just, yeah. I want people to read Southern Bastards number five who were still, who, who, who ordered number five and then tell us if you're sticking with the book, if you are excited to see where it's going. I, I want people to talk about Southern Bastards is what I'm saying. I just, I right. want, I, I think that, um, and we're all, not including original sin, we're all Jason Aaron fans and, and we are, um, Edward Jason Latour fans and, and I want these two guys to, uh, to, to get as much recognition, acclaim, complaints, comments, compliments. I want them to, I want this book to kind of be, when, when people talk about these two creators, I want Southern Bastards to be on the mind when they, when they talk about the, the work that these guys have done. I'm, I'm sure it will. The, the first four issues, I saw maybe 20, 25 issues to tell that story. As of issue five, the possibilities uh-huh. have increased exponentially. He can go 60, yeah. 70 issues easy. You can have offshoots of miniseries. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But let, like, let's not say, well, until Jason, when Jason's done, let's not say anymore because I don't want to ruin it for, um, Kari because it's really important to keep that, keep it under wraps yes. until he reads yeah. it. Well, First of all, this was going to be in my inner travels, so uh, <laughs> okay. it's all good. Uh, second of all, uh, this is not surprising to me because it's evocative of, of Scalped in the same way. You're introduced to the main protagonist and antagonist in Scalped, and you, you get a sense of where it's going to go. And then uh, Aaron will take you on side steps and side pockets for entire arcs where he'll just expand the universe and introduce you to other characters. And then some you may never see again. He just had an interesting idea to tell and others you'll see later in the series and they'll play a really key role. Um, so this is what's going on here. He's just building, he's building that world out. And uh, Latour, I wanted to give him a shout out tonight uh, for another reason, which is that he officially wrapped up, he and Mahmoud, another buddy of ours, wrapped up their run on Wolverine and the X-Men yeah, uh, with issue 11. And Latour had some pretty cool things to say about being a kid, growing up, the Marvel zombie that he was. And now he's had a chance to uh, to write the X-Men and what a cool thing that was. And while I, I very much enjoy his writing, for sure, and, and, I'm, and I'm elated, as I think you all are, to see what he and Robbie 
do with with uh, Spider Gwen yes. in 2015. I have to say, I hope he never gets to the point. I hope he's never successful enough as a writer that he either feels compelled to or or ends up stopping cartooning because I think the work he's doing on Southern Bastards is triumphant. Uh, it, it's it's to me um, right in line with the Eduardo Riso camp. I, I think this book could be an accompaniment to a hundred bullets visually and no one would, would no one would think twice. Uh and that's a very high compliment from 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 my perspective because I love yep. Russo. So kudos to both of the Jasons on this book. And yes, issue five is a complete start of another part of the world and it's amazing. Yes. Um, so, I'm, I'm yeah. happy to hear that because I've known uh, Latour for a long time now. Sure. Uh, uh, so just to see him getting getting the props he's deserved for a long time makes me uh, real happy. So I'm glad to hear that. Definitely, definitely. Things are coming together for him. Yeah. And I'm still waiting because two years ago we were chatting at a con and he said he had a killer idea to do a reboot of Excalibur. Mm. And I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm waiting. I need it. Well, needs it. May, maybe after summer 2015, things will pan out where it'll make sense. Because I mean, considering what Hickman's doing with Avengers and New Avengers, and Captain Britain shows up in there, and and you have um, you have shit happening between Time Runs Out and Spider Verse, and you have all of these teasers appearing for for summer next year. Um, I don't know if there'll be a Marvel Universe left, but I'm hoping that there, there, there'd be room for an Excalibur um, in the fall. But uh, I'm, I love Excalibur, and, and I think that uh, it, it'd be neat to see somebody from uh, down south take a stab at these characters in this group, as opposed to Chris Claremont, who loves the UK, or someone who is so familiar, like Paul Cornell, who is from the UK and uh, I'll um, I, I'd, I'd be all for a, a Jason Latour penned Excalibur comic without a doubt. Nice. Wow. All right. Clock on the wall. It's that time. It's, time. Mm, it's that time right. brothers. As usual, uh, this episode has been sponsored by DCBS. That's discount comic book service. We can get your books, get them fast, get them delivered right to your door. You don't even have to leave your house for a fraction of what they would cost you elsewhere. For real. Um, in your travels, I have two things, both of which I haven't read. Oh, Jesus. No, but I just bought <laughs> them today. And, but they look great and I want to, I want to plug them. Number one is from, uh, Image, the Image Comics. It's written by Alex Grecian. Yes. Uh, Riley Rosmo. Oh, Riley. Did, did the art. Uh, Nick Patara. Wait, no, he did a cover. The color art was done by Yvonne Placencia. There's a bunch of covers to this thing. I count three. Nick Batara did one. Riley Rosmo did one. I got the one by Ryan Stegman because it's, it's extra Stegy, awesome. Stegy, 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 Stegy. I'm, of course, talking about Rasputin, number one, that was released today. It looks great. Amazing. I, I love Rosmo's stuff. Um, and number two, or second, if you're counting, this is from Boom. Boom. Yeah, written by James Tinian, the fourth, illustrated by Eric Donovan, colors by Adam Guzowski. It's, uh, called Mimetic, number one. It's an extra thick issue, uh, 4.99 cover price. It looks, uh, incredibly bizarre. 
I picked it up on a whim. I'm going to read it for next episode. It looks like some crazy shit. Shout out to Eric. Uh, David and I met Eric at Heroes Con, and he was also in New York, and he's become a Facebook buddy. And uh, I was excited when the news broke of him having this uh, this book come out. So glad to hear that you're excited for it. He's a nice. listener yeah. of the show, too, so he'll hear you praising the book. Oh, so don't cool. say anything no. bad about it next week. Uh, no, I'm not going to. <laughs> From what I, I, I liked it enough to buy it. That's saying something. There's a concentric circle pattern, uh, a faux 3D effect that plays into part of the story. And concentric circles always make me think of something weird, yeah. the Herschel Gordon, Gordon Lewis movie. So I, I had n- no recourse but to buy this thing. So, and it looks extra meaty. Like I said, there's, there's back matter detailing the process involved in, in making the book. Uh, one, two, three, four. Five pages of process in the back, which is cool. Damn. Go buy it. Mimetic, cool. number one. All right, so since Vince had two, I'll do two. Uh, Good. First, the um, aforementioned Starlight, um, Miller, Parlov. Six issues. Read it. Enjoy it. It it looks fantastic. It um, it tells a story in six issues. I didn't know it was only six issues. I wasn't sure if it was an ongoing or not, but, uh, I, I had all six issues. I didn't, I, I realized that there weren't any more issues. So I decided to reread the first couple, finally read the last three. And, um, and it is, it's, it, I, I'll, I'll give Miller shit for a lot of things. And, and this, this is basically the Flash Gordon, uh, as well as a, couple other things but it's um it it's an entertaining read it's it it has a beginning middle and end there are um there are some really cool moments and and it's uh it's a story where i mean it's not it's no red sun or or enemy of the state but it is one of my uh, i'll list it as one of my favorite miller works and it's uh it's and if you know me that may carry weight or not, but it's, um, it's, it's definitely something I would recommend. So check out Starlight. And I will also say that, um, if, if you're not enjoying the main axis, you may be, uh, you may want to check out some of the spinoffs. And one of them would be the Hobgoblin, um, number one, which is, um, which, I'm, I know Kingsley based on, on Amazing Spider-Man and Superior Spider-Man. Uh, Roderick Kingsley is, is the Hobgoblin and he has kind of, he's basically like the Starbucks of supervillains. He has, it, it's a franchise. You can be a Hobgoblin if you pay him mm-hmm. money to license the look and name of the character. And this way, uh, the Hobgoblin is everywhere at once and, um, and if you decide to be a hobgoblin, you cut him in on the profits and, and, and that's how he makes his money without really doing a lot of the heavy lifting. And, um, there, uh, the first issue, um, gives some nods. Wearing, by the way. Yes. I thought he, had, I yeah. thought he had the odds. That was, no, that's, that, that, that's a cat on my lap. I apologize. Uh, it's, oh, that was. I didn't I see, I can't, <laughs> and I don't, I don't hear it in my headphones, so I don't know how loud she actually is. Sound like a horror movie back there is. <laughs> Well, it is Halloween almost. Uh, this is, uh, but this, but, but Hobgoblin is, uh, it's, it's, 
it's more enjoyable than I expected it to be. It's, yeah. uh, it's, there are, um, if, if you're a Ned Leeds fan, uh, there's a nod to that. <laughs> it's, it really is. I, it's, I, it's, if you enjoyed Guardians of the Galaxy, the movie, because you got to see something different, um, from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, this gives you some, some, uh, insight into the, CD underbelly or, 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 or um, behind the scenes type stuff in, in the Marvel comic universe as far as things that, uh, that happen that you may not be privy to. And, and, uh, I was cool with it, and especially the last few pages because I haven't seen that character in a while. So I'm, I'm looking forward to future issues. I think, I, I think Hobgoblin should be a pretty fun book and it, it looks great. So, uh, yeah. Those are, uh, that, that, that's, that's what I would recommend. Pleasant surprise, wasn't it? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I liked it a lot. Next. Well, let's see. I was gonna, to shout out Southern Bastards. Oops. Uh, but I think we covered that, so, um, a couple other things. Uh, definitely, if you didn't already get that vibe from the last few hours, and if you're not already doing so, shame on you, but it's not too late to pick up and start enjoying Tech Jacket. Uh, it's, uh, again, four issues in and, uh, the fifth issue drops real soon, right? I think yep. Yep. next week. Yeah. And so. yeah. And so it's been a, a super fun wild ride. And again, as we said at the beginning of the show, you don't need to have a ton of familiarity with what came before. Um, doesn't hurt if you do one way or the other, but you don't need to, uh, you get everything you need right in the story, which is a great job on, on Carrie and Joe's part. Um, and then I want to shout out, uh, two Kickstarter projects. Uh, it's, I don't think we talk about Kickstarter as much as we used to, and there are many reasons for that. But I definitely think that as long as you are careful and you curate what you support, uh, and don't go too crazy, there's still some pretty good stuff that comes out of there. And there's one campaign that just launched and it's ongoing and it definitely deserves people's attention. And that is, Lovecraft, the blasphemously large first issue, uh, which is, uh, written by Craig Angler. And, uh, the reason that, that I think, uh, I and David are excited about the book is it's illustrated by our friend, uh, Daniel Govar. Yes. Who is, uh, it. yeah, is, is, an, is another dude that is, uh, an artist alley legend at this point uh he, he's he's a beast and he, he puts out obscenely beautiful commissions um so this is a 48 page limited edition hardcover that not i don't not a, there's a hardcover version but it's a four, 48 page a comic either hardcover or, or soft depending on if you which you're going to back but we're essentially it recasts uh hp lovecraft as a a, a modern day action hero who has alchemy powers uh, it, it's, it's super fun. I, I know from talking to Daniel at New York about it, that he is unbelievably excited about it. And he's putting in a lot of blood, sweat and tears, which again, if you've ever seen any of Daniel's art, you know what that means. You're talking about some mind blowingly beautiful stuff yes. that he's going to be putting down. Uh, and, and I think the campaign is well set up. There's a ton of awesome tears. So we get everything from the digital copy of the book for a few bucks all the way up to, uh, original watercolor commissions by Daniel and even a chance to be in the book if you're so inclined. So again, it's called, uh, it, it's, it's called Lovecraft, the blasphemously large first issue. Uh, and I, there's 27 more days to go. So save up your shekels over the next few weeks and go ahead and back it. And then 
Um, last but not least, the second volume of Sex and Violence uh, just was released digitally, and the the printed version is too soon. That is the Jimmy Palmiotti and Justin Gray anthology that they uh, have put out through Kickstarter. Uh, as you can imagine from the title, it's stories that are involving sex and violence. And in this volume two, we have three stories, uh, which uh, are all very, very uh, alluring. Um, I think Jimmy and Justin do their best work, frankly, when they can be a little naughty and a little R-rated, um, which is to, not to, to discount the stuff they do for, for DC, but but I think that uh, they're at their best when they can get a little R or even X-rated. And so I, I, I enjoyed the first volume, and I have to say the second volume is, is even better. Um, and just to – there's the three stories that the one I, I really want to call people's attention to and is, in my opinion, worth buying it just, just for, for this story alone. Uh, it's called Filter. It's written by Jimmy. Um, artwork by uh, Vanessa Del Rey, my, my girl. Um, she, she's phenomenal. And Colors by Paul Mounts, uh, one nice. of our, our, our New York Comic Con heroes. So, uh, again, it's Sex and Violence Volume 2. Um, the Kickstarter, as I said, is already done and complete, but you can, if I'm not mistaken, buy copies of this book. Uh, through Jimmy and Justin and Amanda Connor's website, uh, or directly from them at a con because they do a shit ton of cons as well. So, uh, give that a look. Again, it's Sex and Violence, Volume 2. Kari, what should they be reading? Uh, you know, they should be reading a book called Tech Jacket. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I swell read right there. Uh, I wish, honestly, I wish I had more stuff I was reading right now. I've been so busy drawing stuff lately that I just don't have plenty, right? Like, listening to you guys talk about Baltimore and Southern Bastards, I was like, man, I need to read some comic books because this stuff sounds amazing. Um, so I have a backlog of stuff I need to read now, but I don't have much to recommend because I've, I'm kind of been out of it the last couple months. You're too busy making beautiful art. Mm, That's trying. a good thing. Trying. That's right. Yeah. And where will folks see you next? I, I assume you're done this year for the con season. Oh uh, yeah, that's man. Uh, that's a wrap for me. Um, mm-hmm. uh, for this year, I'm done. I think I probably won't be at another show until I'm guessing. Honestly, probably C2E2 because I don't have any other plans for shows before then. So uh, that right. might be it for a while. Chicago yeah. representing. Yeah, man. All right, nice. nice. Well, thank you, Kari, for being on. Uh, psyched that we finally had you on after uh, many false starts. Yo, thank you very years. much for having me. Much any, any, uh, any, any hip hop you want to shout out before we go? I always love to throw a little hip hop talk into the. To the yeah, show. I'm. Uh, I am loving the Killer Mike album. Uh, Run the jewels, man. That's my shit right now. Um, if you guys like some good, just aggressive hip hop, yep, uh, uh, that is the album you should be listening to, and I believe it's like free online. Ooh. So uh, I can't yeah, run the run, just it's, uh, run the jewels dot net for those that yeah, I cannot recommend that enough. If you like good hip hop, that is what you should be listening to. I I would agree. That is the current hotness word. <laughs> And I think we all, other than Vince, we all on this episode have documented pictures with uh, 
with with uh, DMC. Yeah, the guy gets around. Well, I got my picture in front of your booth because I walked. I was walking over to you to check on my jam piece, and uh, he was at your booth chatting with you. And then I got got the dap from him. He was literally rapping at my booth. It was uh, quite the moment, let me tell you. Did you read his uh, the issue? Oh yeah, I've got it. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to do some work for these guys at some point. We just been trying to get the schedule right. Nice. I'll be doing something for them. Awesome. There's another guy that's always on the grind. True. Yeah. Always. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, uh, we got to thank Kari Randolph for being here with us. We thank you for listening to us. Uh, and as usual, you can find the next one of these the same place you found this one of these. David loves you, so come back next week. <laughs> sure. Sure. <laughs> Yeah. 3D Cowboy says, have a nice weekend. For reals. There you go. For reals. Yeah. Say goodnight, David. Good night, David. Nice. I can't go without you saying that. Mm-hmm. We'll miss you we next, out. We'll miss you next week, Vince. Hey, now. Ah, nice tease. <laughs> Bye-bye. Peace.